I've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Huh? Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? We kicked its ass. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Film Feast podcast. Uh, I am your host, Matt Bledsoe, and this week we are continuing on with our Indiana Jones June, or Indiana Junes, whichever you prefer. Uh, this time we are talking about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, to help me talk about it, I'm once again joined by a real all-star crew of podcasters, uh, starting with one of the nicest guys on Twitter, Andy Gorm. Andy, how you doing? Oh, thank you, Matt. I am great. Never been called an all-star, so that's <laughs> awesome. I love that. Thank you. You're now my favorite podcast podcast host ever. <laughs> Listen, the song "All-Star" by Smash Mouth is about you guys. That's what it was about. Uh, oh, I really? You had saying. to go with Smash Mouth? That's what we're about. <laughs> my references are very timely, Andy. Uh, we also joined by Andy's twin, Chris Barreras. Chris, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, it's so funny that now me and Andy are like a deal, you know, like a package deal. Anywhere <laughs> he goes, like I duo. go and vice versa. Do we just, <laughs> I would start showing up on shows as the duo and we're always introduced as twins. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> You're a package deal at this point. I mean, it's just how it goes. So luckily you guys like each other. That's just good. So um, I could bring Patrick Bartlett on for you, Chris, if you, if you <laughs> I love Patrick. Guy. He hasn't talked to me in a while. I love your Twitter rivalry, though. Uh, but <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting thrown off. Sorry. Uh, next up, we're also joined uh, by a man you probably heard on a whole bunch of different podcasts. Uh, I would say he's a '90s pop culture extraordinaire. Uh, Jackson Boren. Jackson, how you doing? Matt, I'm uh, I'm like a bad penny. I always turn up, right? Um, <laughs> no, um, I'm really excited to be here tonight. Not just to be back on Film Feast, but first of all. I've been trying to podcast again with you, but with Andy and I've talked to James about doing a podcast before and all this, but I don't have a podcast of my own. So this is very awesome. And, and also Chris, uh, who for a while I was like, Chris is, was like my favorite podcaster who didn't have his own show <laughs> and now he's going to have his own show again. So I'm very excited about that. So just excited nice to be, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, on, on the air with all these guys. This is awesome. Yes, I know. This is you're gonna meet everybody like at once here. This is good. So, um, we have one more person. It's not a surprise this week, but finally, last but not least, joined by the man who's become the co-host of this series, James Coddington. James, how are you? Hey, Matt, I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I I am good. Thanks for coming back again and uh, helping me steer the ship. That's yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm um, I'm, I'm loving doing this uh, co-hosting gig that I have. I've chosen myself basically, but you've allowed me to do it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I'm happy to have you here. Uh plus you can talk about Spielberg some more. So I feel oh, like Oh yeah, man. He's he's my guy. It's it, it's funny. We were talking about this just a minute ago, but like he's my guy, right? One of my guys. 
you know tony scott too obviously but uh and i keep like like dogging on them <laughs> on these podcasts it's like I keep, I keep on saying these negative things and it's like sometimes i'm saying things and other people are like loving these movies more than me and it's like it's taking me back because you know like i always felt like i was like oh i love these movies too much but now i'm actually hearing hey i, I can see the the good and the bad at the same time even i'm not like completely blinded <laughs> by my love all the time so i guess that's kind of a, a nice thing so because like i mean i don't want to spoil anything but i'm having a feeling that i might be the one who I, I what's that what's the phrase i always say like love this one the least you know like right i love the movie like... but i'm going to love it <laughs> gasp <out> of my <laughs> guess. <laughs> I, you but, might uh, be yeah. alone i don't know i don't want to look i anything. didn't sign up for this shit okay i signed up for this shit on crystal skull all right i didn't think you know the last <laughs> no, crusade was going to be a hot button topic listen, that, well that's what i'm saying i still love the movie but i'm allowed to say things you know about it that maybe don't you know i don't love as much as everyone else seems to or things that may just throw me off a bit we'll find out but anyway also yes <laughs> uh like jackson yeah. said me and jackson have been friends on twitter for a while too is finally happening tonight so it's uh gonna be wild and there's so many of us it's, it's yeah. gonna be pretty crazy and, in here but and our this this kind of aligns a little bit with our original idea because um james and i wanted to do like a podcast about movie posters yeah. um but then we realized that podcasting is not a visual medium so that what that wasn't really gonna work <laughs> yeah right. that would um, be tough that's a youtube but <laughs> but one thing that i think is important to bring up before we get into this is the name drew struzan because mm -hmm. I think that's one that's like synonymous with all things Indiana Jones. Like you cannot separate uh, the two things and how like iconic all these Indiana Jones posters were. I love seeing the artwork every time you're dropping a new episode of the series. So, yeah. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because I do have to pull, when I post tweet about the episode, I pull the uh, poster for it. And I'm just blown away with, by how good these posters look. <laughs> like, especially compared to like modern posters, which are all just like floating heads, uh, yeah. you know, and there's not much to it. And I look at these, I'm like, these are great. I'm glad they kept it up. I, I don't know if it's still the same guy, but Dial Destiny looks like it has the same style poster, at least. I'm not sure if it's still. Un unfortunately, it's not. I, I'm forgetting the name of the, uh, the artist that did the new one. But uh, yeah, Drew retired, I think like 10 years ago or something. Yeah, oh, okay. like 10, and, I yeah, and yeah I, think, I think he posted drew did like i think he tweeted about the guy who did it andy do you know who it was He's uh, yes <laughs> yep that is uh that is the artist uh tony stella and that poster is i mean he's like the next coming of drew struzan when you see movie posters that look awesome most likely he did them if it's current day <laughs> yeah yeah we need more of that in modern movie posters so um that's a good shout out that's good because no Jack, jackson's right though drew struzan i mean drew struzan he is like you, you don't you can't think about indiana jones without thinking about his artwork because those posters mm -hmm. are they're they're linked you know it doesn't matter yeah. You yeah, might not you... know Drew Struzan's <laughs> name, and you still won't after this podcast because I can't say it. <laughs> but you should. But no. chances are, a new, if a new if Twitter handle up in the Struzan, <laughs> yeah. But chances are, if you grew up in like the '80s or the '90s, um, you're like, what? Pick a favorite movie, and chances are, he did the poster, especially did, in the '80s. He did all yeah. the Lucasfilm, you know, like mm -hmm. Willow, and like I mean, Back to the like, Future. Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. like yeah. the thing. All the Indiana Jones posters and like all like the old Star Wars posters are some of the strongest ones like are out yeah. there. I mean, I have, I have oh his prequel stuff and his OG prequels. stuff all over my TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah. And around I, my TV, I mean, you like frame in my TV. Mm-hmm. I had, I TV. had the, uh, as a kid, I remember I had the special edition posters, mm-hmm. uh, the Star Wars that he did up like, and I had the one that was like the connection of all three of them together. And just, yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I'm glad we mentioned him because it's not come up yet. So that's good. Um, now, before we get too far into this, because last time I made this mistake on Temple Doom episode, I didn't ask anybody what they'd seen lately, <laughs> which is what we do on the show. And I just blew right by it on that one. So I'm prepared this time. Um, I will say there's a bunch of us. So maybe everybody just pick one thing you really want to talk about that you've seen recently. Um, I will start from my left and go right. So Andy, anything you want to talk about you've seen recently? Okay, real quick. I saw Spider-Verse. Amazing. Visually stunning. One of the best animated features I think I've ever seen on a screen. Just the way the art direction and style is. Voice cast. Amazing. Heartfelt. You know, just wonderful. Soundtrack. Amazing. Just I can't give it enough kudos. Go see it on the big screen like it was meant to be seen. I just have one final thing to say about your Temple of Doom episode. (laughs) And short round is the single... He steals the movie from Harrison Ford damn near every time he mentions <laughs> anything, he any line of dialogue. And my absolute favorite, and nobody mentioned it, and I have to say it, is when they're sitting at dinner and Willie turns to him and she goes, I hear this guy's pretty rich. And then he comes out and she goes, that's the Maharaja, a kid. And then he goes, maybe he likes older women. And he just smiles at her and then he waves at the kid. <laughs> I bust up laughing every time. It's been 30 years of laughter for me every time that line hits. <laughs> oh, I tried to get short round his due on that episode, I think. I he I mean he's you an did. Oscar winner now. So he, you know, he's been great for a long time. Uh, he's yep. he, he's wonderful that movie. I wish he I wish he'd come back in some capacity, but um good that was a great line. Glad you called that out. Um it's funny because I was gonna bring up Spider-Verse too. So like I say I'll bring up mine now if you guys are, and I'll get everybody else. But uh yeah, it's incredible. I loved it. I uh the I I have very minor like nitpicks with it, which mm-hmm. there's a lot of, they have to do a lot of kind of, uh, I don't want to call them exposition dumps, but they have to do a lot of kind of explaining, uh, which they try to make entertaining. I give them credit. And I don't think it's a spoiler now because everyone knows it ends very much on a, you know, cliffhanger to be continued, uh, which I knew was even going to happen. I still was kind of like, ah, oh, I wish this, you know, I'm just mad I have to wait for part two, but <laughs> these very minor nitpicks, but it's incredible. The animation is insane. I've like, I just can't believe they pulled this thing off. So, um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. So I'm glad you enjoyed it too. Yes, uh, speaking to that that ending, it made me crack up because in our our uh, theater when it ended and those words came up, as soon as it went quiet, there was a kid in the front row who goes, "What?" <laughs> he just screamed <laughs> at the top of his lungs, and I was like, "Oh, good." That kid was so invested in this movie that he was pissed that he has to wait for part part two, and it was I, it's a just, good. <laughs> what and his like parents were consoling him on the way out i was like i like that kid that it was me when i saw me, back to the future too it reminded <laughs> me of seeing matrix reloaded in the theater and uh-huh. i don't think any of us had any idea it was gonna be that much of a we knew part two was or that uh, revolution was coming but i remember some guy yelled out like it was like dead silence some guy was like what the hell or something everybody <laughs> was like really upset they're like no <laughs> like people were audibly upset like screaming just like no like Oh, it was great. Um, so it's kind of great in that way that people are that mm-hmm. invested. They're like, no, like, oh, so I mean, it's but it's a fantastic movie. I kind of want to see it again because the another thing that was not the sound editing or the sound mixing was real weird. Um, it was very low. I, I've heard they've had issues with that at a lot of theaters, and yeah. this last weekend at time they of recording or something. Yeah, basically, yeah, it was like an audio patch. So that's I want to see it again because even when it starts, there's like 
like Gwen Stacy playing drums. I'm like this sounds weird. Like it's not hitting right. You know, it was like something's off okay, with the audio, good. and yep, it sounds I like everyone had that problem. One. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I need to see it again just because it's great. I want to hear a better sound too. But um, yeah. All right, I will move on to Jackson. What have you seen lately? You want to talk about? Well, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I actually went and saw a rep screening of To Live and Die in L.A. out at the uh, the Los Feliz in L.A. Um, I, I don't know if you guys have all seen it. I I have caught up with a handful of freaking uh, films in the last like year or two. I, I mean, I I had seen The French Connection, The Exorcist, Sorcerer, Jade, The Hunted, all these. Uh, but this was one that was just like a massive blind spot for me. And it just blew me away. I mean, it was an, it was an audience of a, a lot of people, I think, who had seen it, who were seeing it for the first time there. So that kind of heightened the experience for me. Um, but yeah, it was like the best way I could describe it was like the full potential of the promise of Miami vice just like realized like it was it just just killer action um just super stylized like this it has this crazy Wang Chung soundtrack um it's just like the perfect mood music for it and one of the things that like stood out to me this time around or I mean this this viewing of this movie was uh William Peterson I just I couldn't believe how many uh how many roles i guess he had turned down in the 90s for one reason or another but this movie really showcased him as just like an awesome like action star like you know this just really really worked for me so i, I don't know have you seen to, to live and die in la i i have Is everyone shaking their head yes i think we've all seen it yeah <laughs> so, i've seen it yeah i've seen it it's yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah it's an awesome so, movie it's yeah it movie rules and it's like it yeah it pulls no punches i saw it a couple of years ago the first time and i was kind of blown away because like William Peterson to me has always been like a TV guy. Like he was yeah. on CSI for so long. And like, yeah. then I went back and saw that. And I saw Manhunter be close together. And I was like, well, yeah, Peterson's really good when he's like yeah. in really great material. Mm -hmm. So um, I was going to yeah, say that too, because awesome. when yeah. Jackson said that, like I have never really looked either, but it is interesting because you do think like, man, he was so good in what he was in, but then you, he just was TV. Like I, I'd never even really thought, why wasn't he in more stuff later? Like movies you know instead of just tv because he is so great and like you know manhunter it's so like i don't know he just disappeared but not yeah, disappeared I mean, but he was just like secondary he would show up but not like as the main guy which is yeah weird. like i don't know if there's a story but yeah well, now i'm kind of interested to find out <laughs> i know i apparently after to live and die in la and manhunter he went like back to stage acting uh pretty heavily for a while before getting into tv but this was just yeah th this one I won't spoil it because I know there, there might be other people who haven't seen it, but it was just like a crazy ending that I didn't see coming. And then the way that the way that it ends just like threw me and I was just like walk, walking out like, what did I just watch? That was insane. So, yeah. Good so movie. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all. We all agree. Good movie. Good movie. <laughs> yeah. So. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll give a quick shout out for James because like the past couple of weeks I've been I'm continuing on with this rewatch of all the Hollywood pictures uh, movies. Um, and so I got to uh, summer of 95. So rewatch re Crimson Tide, Dangerous mm -hmm. Minds and Judge Dredd. So that was kind of cool. I had wow. forgotten those all came out in the same summer. So what a summer. <laughs> what a variety too. Um, There's so many summers like that, aren't there? Like just doing, even doing these, it's like you see all these movies that came out together. It's just wild, man. All yeah. of our favorites, you know? Yeah. 89 is another crazy year. It was like, yeah. man, you just had I was about to great say, block. Yep great blockbusters like yeah we'll get into um, it later man okay yeah <laughs> i'll hold off i'll I'm hold off this shit now <laughs> right 
James is taking the show over. <laughs> We're not talking about 89 yet. We're still talking about what we watched, okay? <laughs> Welcome to Film Feast with James, James yeah. with James Connington and formerly uh, Matt Ledzo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm like tied up in the back. Just like, oh, you're still my show? I'm like, you can't see me on video. I'm pointing at Matt. I'm like, you shush your mouth. The new Film Feast. It's like in uh, Captain Phillips. Like, like, you see me? I'm the captain. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> Okay, now, now um, you got me all like so like self conscious <laughs> that I really am doing that, so I gotta chill out. <laughs> no, you're fine. It's needed, probably. Um, I get off topic easily. Uh, well, it's your turn, James. What have you seen lately? <laughs> oh crap. Um, <laughs> let me pull up. I don't even. You know, I'm, I'm still in my whole like not really watching that many. I've watched a few things for like student exploitation, but still not watching that much. I, I watched. Uh, I did watch a documentary though that was pretty. Uh, interesting and good I, i'd recommend it if anyone's interested or watches documentaries it was called uh nothing lasts forever is it have you, have you all heard of it i don't think it's so. about uh it's actually about like de beers and the like lab created diamonds and oh. the oh, what that do- means for like the diamond industry basically and how like the lab created diamonds were getting into the real diamond industry and you couldn't even tell like they were so good like they had perfected the technology so much that there was basically almost no way to tell a lab created diamond from a diamond that was you know pulled out of a, a mine so just like what that means for like the value of a diamond and what that mm-hmm. means to a person and you know just it, it's interesting because they have the interviews with so many different parties like there's actually a guy from De Beers who's you know, obviously got his interests, you know, and then there's people who do the lab creating diamonds and, you know, just, it, it's, it's a really interesting, it, it, it goes a little, they could have maybe pulled back on a little bit of like, you know, and they're kind of like heightened the dramatic sometimes, you know, like, you know, music and they're like, oh yeah, what's going on? Yeah, pulled that back a little <laughs> bit and just made it a little more straightforward documentary. Uh-huh. I, you know, I don't like when they try to make it <laughs> over dramatize it, uh-huh. but I mean, I'd still highly recommend it. It's very interesting, to say the least. Cool. Okay, I even heard about that. That it sounds interesting. I really, I have to be told about that kind of stuff because I don't keep up with documentaries. I feel like, and like, yeah. they tell me about that. I'm like, well, that sounds interesting. So, um, is that streaming it's somewhere? Cool. Like, oh, uh, it was on Showtime. I think Showtime. It was like a Showtime exclusive. Oh, okay. it, it was on Showtime. I watched it on Showtime. <laughs> it must be Showtime. <laughs> It had like Showtime presents before. Sponsored I don't by know, Showtime. You know, well, you never know how these things work, you know. Like, oh, I know. It could I, I don't know some, who owns it. Could it could go somewhere but, else, like next yeah, month. Who knows? Like, yeah. It, it pulled up like in a Showtime exclusive before the movie on Showtime, so I assume they have some production right for it. But yeah, it was interesting because it did, you know, like talk about like just like you know engagement rings and like how that started and like how much you put on a real diamond and like how that translates to your love you know it's it's just interesting <laughs> to hear the two sides try uh-huh. to defend themselves and you're just like what like anyway <laughs> it's, it's it's cool okay all right um and uh i <laughs> leave that a bit uh chris what have you seen lately <laughs> um i'm like james i haven't honestly i watched a lot of stuff i've been on my gaming a lot lately um i um i I did see Spider-Verse. I agree with everyone. It's one of the all-time greats already. Um, I really don't have any issues with it other than the ending. But what I do want to talk about is what I just took five fucking days to watch. Okay. Fucking. Oh, uh, and Shazam 2. Okay. Oh 
I'm the DC guy. All right. I try to give these movies as much fucking leeway as possible. And I like the first Shazam. It's a lot of fun. I like the characters. It doesn't have a lot of weight to it, but it isn't meant to. And I went into this and I didn't like a single one of the trailers, which is rare because normally in terms of like all of that company's movies, they make great fucking trailers. I remember the trailer on Suicide Squad. That was a fucking outstanding trailer. Even though the movie turned out to be, you know, the movie or whatever. (laughs) Uh So I didn't like any of the trailers. And it's one of the reasons why I waited until I was like, you know what? I'll just wait till it's on HBO Max. And it didn't take long because this fucking movie bombed. I don't know what happened in between the first one and, and this one. It's the same crew, the same cast. Everyone acts completely different, starting with Zach Levi. It's like mm-hmm. he's in a totally different movie. He doesn't play it with that same kind of charm. He's almost kind of a dick, which if you follow him in real life, it's not far off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Separate the um, art from the artist. <laughs> don't watch out. He's going to go on an angry Instagram live rant at you if he hears. <laughs> like, a Lucy Lou is so over the top and bland. It's like she's going line, line, like every two (laughs) seconds, every line sounds so forced. A poor Helen Mirren looks totally bored, half asleep. (laughs) The only person who does anything with the material is Rachel Ozegler, who's so charming in the movie, but I think that's because she's super charming in real life and she can't help it. It turns into CG mush that you can't hardly see at the end. And like the climax in the stadium, I'm like, what is, what is going on? It's so dark. Like, it's, <laughs> oh my God, the plot is so generic, so boring. I didn't laugh once. And the big, like, I'm going to sacrifice myself at the end scene. Sorry, spoilers, is it, it got no emotion out of me. And I cry over literally everything in movies. I don't cry in real life, dude, but a movie hits and I'm just like, ah, oh, God. This I'm just like, <laughs> okay, that happened. And then he fucking comes back two minutes later. There's like, there's no stakes to this movie whatsoever. I hated it almost as much as Black Adam, which is fucking saying something. Oh, wow. And the entire time I'm thinking, why, why weren't these two movies merged like they are in the comic books? Why did I get a Black Adam movie and a Shazam sequel and make no reference to either of them? And then I remembered that The Rock and his goddamn fucking ego torpedoed it. Yep. I feel better. Thank you guys for letting me rant. I've been holding that in for days because mm. I didn't talk about it on Twitter other than that one tweet. I'm like, I'm saving this. I'm going on film feast and I'm going to drag this movie out to the back and fucking shoot it. Look at the flowers, Shazam. Look at the flowers. This is a bummer. Better. Thanks, guys. Wow. That's the I, I, I love the first one, man. I, like, I mean, yeah. hate it. <laughs> this is, might be where Chris and I's twins veer. I was going to say, Andy, I talked about this. It must have been the John Wick 4 episode, right? We both kind of were like... I think so. It wasn't great, like, but it was... It wasn't yeah. great. I think I went in with just basement-level expectations for the movie because I thought the trailer... So did I. Too. So did I. I. The basement, somehow, so I think it went why. under it. I, I feel like I liked... 
I thought the villains were bad. I thought uh, a lot of the rest of the cast was at least good or trying. Zachary Levi was like the thing that weighed the whole movie down, I felt like. Because it's like him yeah. and the kid that plays Billy Bastion, did they even talk or see each other? Because <laughs> they're like playing two different people. It's like the kid's yeah. like very reserved and like mature. And then he turns Shazam and he's like a goofy idiot. It's like, you're not the same person. <laughs> like I think yeah. what... That drove me nuts after a while. I thought, this might have been... <laughs> on me is I want like I went into Spider-Verse on Friday or Saturday and then on Sunday I started watching fucking Shazam oh that doesn't that could be a problem (laughs) it's a problem so timing not my strong suit but (laughs) if a movie's solid enough could have pushed through it And, and I and I think that just also knowing that it doesn't matter anyways, this whole universe is going to get fucking reset. Oh, that's, yeah, that's part like, of the problem too. It's like none of it matters like, really. And I'm such a DC whore that I got two <laughs> more of these fucking movies, dude, to sit, to, to suffer through potentially. I've heard great things about Flash, but I mean, Ezra Miller is a problem. I'm going because of Michael Keaton. Right. And then, yep. Like all the pre-screening stuff, of Aquaman 2 going like, it's bad guys. It's really bad. I'm like, oh, I hadn't heard that yet. Ah, man. I have two I, more I, of these fucking <laughs> movies to sit through, and I'm going to go because I'm a fucking jackass. I kind of wish we were just getting another Michael Keaton movie, if we're being honest. <laughs> yep. No, I agree wholeheartedly, Jackson, because that's <laughs> anybody that I talk to, they're seeing Flash because we're, we're all my, we, we call it the Batman, you know, Keaton's Batman back movie. It's like, yeah, right, that's all we right. want to see. But I, I will admit, I mean, the the nostalgic sorry for hijacking this chris the the nostalgic <laughs> of of having him back is like is pulling me in but I, the other side of me is saying well you know like tim burton was half the reason why you lo- love those movies anyway so you know not that tim burton can necessarily capture that again anyway so right well, yeah so yeah i saw a great movie a not great movie and i played a <laughs> fuck ton of video games so <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of that, James, you ever play Resident Evil 4, the remake? Did you get to that? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I did not, actually. <clears throat> oh. No, because remember, I, I this is a way off topic, but I got fine. I just said two that. and three, <laughs> and I was going to play through all of them up to four. I only, oh, that's I've right. gotten through two so far, because there's just too many games, man. You know that. Yeah, I know. Chris, you played it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, we yeah, were giving James shit. It. We're like, James, you got to play it. Like, I got stuff to do. I like, yeah, <laughs> I finished that just in, like, just in time to go on the Jedi survivor and I'm playing through that. Like I'm done. <laughs> I sat it aside and I'm playing. I'm like over 40 hours in the Hogwarts legacy, which yes, I know JK Rowling is a terrible fucking trash fire of a human being, but that game is actually <laughs> really, really good. And I'm trying to finish that up in the next oh, two weeks because of final fantasy 16. So I'm just going like, I'm on a game until I finish it and then I move to the next game. And that seems to be helping me kind of cruise through because if I start to jump, I'm fucked. Utterly fucked. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> James, what did you just try to show us when you turned your camera there? I couldn't see. Uh, there was a messing around, but... Oh. <laughs> I um, thought you wanted us to see something while you were like, no, look what I've got no. on the wall. Poster. No, I wasn't. But I was thinking, like, same as Chris, like, it, I, I hate, I try to finish something before going to something else. I hate like having 20 games going at oh, once. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's part of the reason why I don't get to other things is because I'm like, 
oh, I got to finish this before I play this. <laughs> so I like, I finally finished, you know, um, Horizon Forbidden West after putting that off forever and ever. And so like, I haven't even started Jedi Survivor because I'm playing Zelda now. It's like, I'm never, you know, there's so many games oh, I'm just going to build up Final Fantasy. Oh, Zelda has like, taken over my household and not by me, <laughs> my wife. Yeah. She's like 160 uh, hours into Tears oh, of the Kingdom. Geez. Wow. That's intense. Uh, that's like... Must be nice. <laughs> Intervention. Like I literally, yeah. d- dude, a one day, and she's going to kill me when she hears this, you know, because she's not home luckily, is... <laughs> I woke up for work one morning at three 30 in the morning and I walk out there and she's sitting in PJs and my cat is right next to her. And she just goes, hi. And I was like, bed three 30. And she was still working on shrines. I'm like, intervention, intervention. It happens. happens. I I have, I cannot stay awake for anything, but if you put a game in front of me, I'll never sleep. Like it'll keep me up forever, but movies I'll pass out in two seconds. Oh, same, same. Yeah. Yep. Yep, makes sense. All right. Well, that was a fun little tangent. That was just for me. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, now we can talk about Last Crusade. Uh, I think I'll start off like I did last time, kind of ask everybody their first, I guess, time seeing Last Crusade and just general thoughts on it. Uh, so I'll go backwards this time and go back to Chris and work my way backwards down the, the group. <laughs> so, yes, Last Crusade. Um, I saw this in the theater. Oh, okay. Um, I'm jealous. <laughs> the 89, I would have been eight. Um, this I'd already seen, obviously, a Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple. And, and I think I've talked to Andy about this before, is I think oh, the reason I saw this in the theater at such a young age is why it is my favorite of the franchise. It isn't the best. Okay, that's still Raiders, but... And when I think of Indiana Jones, I, I think of Last Crusade. It's like that movie where I'm just like, it made me realize like, holy shit. Oh, this series is so amazing. And it's because I saw it on the big screen when I was so young that now it's the one I, I've seen the most. Um, it's, it isn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I think, and I think it was made in response out at Temple. So like it, it feels a lot more like the first one and it plays it safe because it wants to capture, Oh, the magic of Raiders. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that is a problem at, at, at least for me. Um, I think the set pieces are fucking great. I think the score is great. And I think oh, the chemistry between him and Connery is pure magic. Like their whole dynamic. As soon as he flies into that window and he gets hit in the head with the vase and he stands up, he's a kid again. Mm-hmm. He is young. And he, oh, yes, sir. And he's like <laughs> all straight laced and ready to go. And Connery's having a blast and Sala's back and Marcus Brody's back and all the villains are the Nazis again. It's like, (laughs) it's hitting all the check marks out of Raiders and I can't help but love it, man. And like that whole, I'd say outside of Raiders of being like, Oh, the peak of action cinema. I think, Oh, that the take like the whole sequence on the tank is up there with some of 
some of the best oh, that Spielberg has ever done. Oh, the editing, dude, the score, just the whole set piece. Oh, that jump off the horse is fucking insane. There's no <laughs> wires. There's no CG. That's Harrison's fucking stunt double going like, all right, hold on, stretch, and throwing himself off a goddamn horse. It is magic. And it, I mean, it, and has given us one of the all-time memes, which is, and you have chosen wisely. <laughs> I mean, come on now. And I mean, honestly, if they had ended it here, it's a beautiful ending. They ride off into the sunset. Say they literally ride off in the sunset. I yeah. Right. I thought about this time too. I was watching my girlfriend. I turned to her. I was like, they really should have stopped here because they literally ride off into the sunset. <laughs> like, how do you, you know, it's just like, oh, but and like, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you look at it oh, compared out oh, of the Star Wars trilogy, is is Harrison Ford in Return of the Jedi put on a little bit of weight? You know, he looks a little bored in some spots. He's not bored in this one. He's he's all in the whole runtime of Last Crusade. The entire time, he's just like, he's that classic Harrison Ford charm. He's got the smile. He's got the physique. He's got the one-liners. He's got, and the comic timing of him fucking smashing the thing down, you know, like on the floor. I, I, God, I could rant forever. I'm going to let someone else go because I'm just going to just keep talking about this movie. I, I love this fucking movie. Love it. Okay. I, I, I love that. So, um, James, I'll go to you. Your general thoughts we, on Last Crusade. Here we go. Look at the flowers, no. James. Look at the flowers. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I still have anger from Shazam, James. James's last words like, I gave it a 4.5. <laughs> <laughs> no. Really what good movies get 4.5s from what I hear. <laughs> yeah. According to you, Matt, that's like the best movie in the world if I give it a 4.5. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think back when I rated movies, I gave it a 5. So what oh. do you say? I mean, I, mean, I love yeah. it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Whenever I say anything, if I'm critiquing it at all, it's never like neg- negatively, really, like outside of like, oh, these are just things that maybe don't work 100% for me that do for other people or whatever. You know, that, that's all it is. That's all it is. I love the movie. I love the movie as a whole. Um, yeah, everything Chris said. I mean, he, he's <laughs> right. I mean, we don't have anything to say, Jackson and Andy. I'm sorry, Chris stole our thunder. But I mean, <laughs> really, he's right. I don't know if I saw this in a theater, though, because 89 was Batman year for me, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Overall, Batman took over my 89 more than Indiana Jones. I hate to say it. Sorry. But, um, <laughs> no, that's so I, I might have seen it in the theater, fair, but fair. I, all I remember is Batman and seeing Batman in theater and then that being my life from, the, you know, so like, Sorry, I don't have anything to say about my lasting history with Crusade outside of, yeah, it became a big part of my life after that. But in 89, it was Batman. Anyway, <laughs> so the movie, I do love it. It's great. Everything Chris said, uh, wonderful. I wanted to, one thing I just want to talk about that I didn't even literally just thought of whenever Chris said this, uh, whenever he jumps into the window and we first, you know, get to Henry Sr., um, you see the silhouette right behind him, just like uh indie silhouette in the first movie, right? So that's another callback. But it's also interesting because you made me think like, well, that's also when he turns into like the child 
or he turns into a child again and then like mm-hmm. his dad is now the not the main character but like he kind of takes over that figure that indy was in Raider, you know in temple do that make sense at all kind of like that i was like <laughs> oh that's like almost literally a shift in the whole dynamic of the the way that these <laughs> characters are playing out and the movie's going to play out from then on out because he is a little you know now he is the the child you know through the rest of the whole movie it's just interesting i'm sorry that that's all no you're <laughs> you're good that was good um uh jackson your uh thoughts on last crusade yeah i mean i i feel like i'm gonna I was going to break my neck here, just nodding at everything that Chris said. Cause I just, <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more with every single sentiment. Um, but for me, this has been kind of an interesting exercise going through rewatching all the movies. I always knew that. I mean, I have always stood that Raiders was like my favorite, but now I'm kind of at a point where it's like neck and neck with the last crusade. And I, so I've got kind of a weird answer in the way that I would say if, if Raiders was like the first volume in a, in a, set of two books and then the second the second book was the rest of the the sequels i would say raiders is probably probably my favorite movie just in in that it kind of like lives in this completely different stratosphere it's like a perfect film but if i had to pick if i had all the the volumes together and i had to pick a favorite chapter um the last crusade would would hands down be uh my favorite chapter and that in sort of the the collection of the indiana jones saga and i think that's because it's just it added so much more uh this time around i feel like the first one was an exercise in sort of bringing the serials to the big screen and spielberg was trying to do it on like a a cheaper budget and make it happen and then temple of doom obviously we were like twisting and, sh- and shifting to like a darker tone and, and you guys really got into that well but this one feels like the biggest fully formed blockbuster version of an indie film that I could think of. Um, it just like captured everything in a, in a really uh, complete way and, and brings it all back together in, in what I would consider like a really well-formed character study on Indiana. I, I think we, we learn the most about Indiana in this film than any other entry in the saga. So that, that really stood out to me. Um, you know, if, if there were, man, I mean, I'm just thinking about like, my my time first coming to it i didn't see it in theaters summer of 89 i was like five so the movie that i I saw that summer was honey i shrunk the kids that's the one that always like jumps out at me i definitely saw that in theaters but this one i think i saw a year or two later on video when i got i got to watch the first three you know back to back to back and yeah it was it was over from there for for me (laughs) yeah that uh it's it's funny yeah because i feel this one does give us the most uh depth or backstory to his character because i mean yeah the first two were just going on adventures is you get his, you get him as a kid in this one you see him with his dad i'll go more into that later i want i don't want to leave andy out here before we start talking more about this but andy last but not least uh what what do you think about last crusade oh uh love it it's my personal favorite um much like chris i had seen Raiders and Doom before this on VHS. And when it was coming out, it was one of those movies I was like, Dad, we got to see Batman and we got to <laughs> see Indy. Well, and Back to the Future Part Two. So it was like those three movies for me that summer. You know, I was just like, you got to be kidding me. We get we get this, <laughs> this and this. And then on top of that, you got all these other movies, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a hell of a year for movies. I was just scrolling through and looking at some. I was like, good 
Gravy, Roadhouse, Ghostbusters <laughs> 2, like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And then, you know, I'm like, good man, this is one, one banger after another. Lethal Weapon 2, you know, all these things. So it's one of those where I'm just like, oh, but um, after, you know, Batman took over, of course, because it was Batman Mania. And even I got, and I was swept up in that. But Indy, it, I think going with my dad, I was nine. You know, it's one of those things where my dad kind of introduced me to Indy. And that was one that he and I, he's not a big Star Wars guy. He's not a big sci-fi guy, but like action adventure. So James, James Bond and these were kind of the movies we would watch together. So I was just remember sitting there. And I was like, I'm watching Indiana Jones with my dad opening day. I can't. And it was just, it was awesome. So that I think is one of the main reasons it will always be my favorite indie movie. And I think much like Chris, or I might be the one saying this, it's my favorite Spielberg. I think it's his most, oh, wow. Uh, wow. it shows he's got a handle on action because nothing touches action in this perfectly timed uh, humor. That's not overly done. That's not underly done. I mean, most, if not all of the jokes hit, there's not a moment where I'm watching. I go, that sucks or that's not that's not <laughs> funny you know what i mean everything hits and the cast and crew amazing so yeah i will i'll wax on more and more as we talk about the movie <laughs> later but yes yeah, so it's a it, it was a huge part of that year for me was talking my dad into seeing it opening weekend and going with him so nice nice and that's a good point to bring up too that about like dads if it's very much a father-son movie a dad movie we're recording this week before father's day it'll come out the day after father's day which is good timing uh but yep. i've always loved that father-son dynamic in the movie um also you're making me fall very young because i was only two when this came out not to rub it in um so i did not see it I don't, don't flip me off guys please uh it's, it's like uh, they really did. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry, but I was just like, I, I didn't get to see this in the theater, obviously. If I did, I don't remember of it. Um, but I didn't see, I don't think I've said this on Temple of Doom or Raiders, that I didn't see any Indiana Jones movies until it's like a teenager in like the 2000s. And I know. And we bought like the DVD box set or something. And I was excited that we got it because obviously I knew these were beloved movies and I wanted to see them. And I don't know, they should have been on TV all the time. I don't know. But was, I remember that box set being in the house. I was like, oh, I can find this and I like, watch these proper. And I remember walking away from that first watch of all three and thinking last year was my favorite. I remember thinking like, I think the third one's my favorite. And watching them again for this, it is probably, this is going to sound crazy. <laughs> it's probably my least favorite of the first three. But it's like, we're talking like we're splitting hairs at that point. It's like one a one b one c chris just left i think uh no, so it's it's such a i was like this is such a splitting hairs type situation scenario with like me saying that about these movies i think i just raiders is my favorite spielberg overall so that's a very high bar right there um temple of doom i'm just so impressed by the filmmaking the set pieces like are absolutely talking last insane I like the weird, dark stuff that other people don't like in Temple of Doom. Um, and I still love this one. This one's great. I mean, again, uh, it's, they're all, I put the, all th this original trilogy is like in my Spielberg top 10. I think it's crazy. Some people, they put all three of them in there, but I love all three a lot. But, and, and I don't know, I can, my nitpicks are like, again, small with Last Crusade. Um, I'll get into those later. Me too. I, <laughs> it's, Mine small you, too. James. it's very, it's small nitpicks. Um, but, I mean, they're all they're all fantastic. Uh, I, I'm curious what you guys think about the opening of Last Crusade, because I feel like in the opening with young Indy, I love all that stuff. But it's so funny that I think when this came out, doing all these little things where it's like, oh, 
This is how he gets his fear of snakes. This is how he gets the whip. This is how he gets the hat. All that stuff in 2023 kind of seems like like old hat, or it's kind of almost seems cliche. And you guys probably talked about it, but 89, I don't feel like it, it doesn't feel, watching it now, feel like it's some kind of like cheap gimmick. I don't know why. Like, I can't explain why, but I'm like, maybe you can I think credit. because yeah. of this kind of set, like, of the template for that kind of storytelling. Like, if you look at Solo, what is it doing? It's a two-hour a movie version of this opening of Indiana Jones 3. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, like, I... Watching it now, it does feel kind of on the nose, but I think it's because we've Andy seen this <laughs> so many I know, times. We've seen it so many times. Yeah. Twin, twin, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I mean... Oh, we've seen this so many times over the years in all these franchises that now if you haven't seen the movie in a while, you see it and you're like, okay, you know, here's how he gets this. But at the time, I remember thinking, going like, who is this kid? And then you realize that it's Indy and you're like, oh, like the whole scene on the train is fucking fantastic. I'm like, but the magic, dude, and the snakes and of the lion and the whip and like all of it it just fucking works it works I, think, I dig it i think this might be the best possible version or execution of an actor playing the younger version of an iconic character like ever um i love learning the story about how ford and phoenix worked together on the mosquito coast and then ford was like well you know who you should get to play me is river phoenix because mm-hmm. he was clowning on me on set and he can you know, imitate all my, you know, expressions. He was, wasn't really doing a young Indiana Jones. He was doing a young Harrison Ford. And so it just, I I think that worked perfectly. And the reason I think that um, Chris made a good point with sort of the culture of like the last, I don't know, like 15 years or so with especially a lot of like comic book movies do this where they like point and wink at things Mm -hmm. uh, because it's just like the, the Easter egg, you know, the, the Easter egg culture I think that's where we've gotten to that. And this was way before that. And so it, w- it was fun because you had these meta origins of indie of how did he get the scar? How did he become scared of snakes? How did he get the whip? But it's not like pointing at it. It doesn't feel cheap. It felt very like organic and it just was like natural without nostalgia, with, without something. Le- and, and they didn't really have that much time since where it was like, yes, those things were iconic to the character, but you were just like, oh, cool. That's interesting. And I love that they incorporated like how he got the scar into the scene. That was really cool. Yeah. yeah. I, Andy James. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I agree. Uh, it, it, it's, it's all those things that y'all are saying, you know, like we've been overloaded with it, you know, so now we take it for granted how well it was done then. It's almost like we talked about that even with Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, like who wants to try to make those movies anymore because he already did it so perfectly then like, you know, we got the mummy maybe and a few others here and there, but like, you really can't do it. He's already done it. So him doing that little prequel thing so well. And like where, like Jackson said, it feels organic. It doesn't feel forced or fake. And River Phoenix is just so good. That's part of it too. Like he is, if he wasn't as good as he is, it might not work as well. Who can say we don't have to worry about it because he's there doing it for us. But like, yeah, I mean, it's tough to think about it then because i can't like transport myself back obviously and like experience it for the first time without all this 
nowadays stuff where they're doing it every movie you know but i do still feel even you know rewatching it for the hundredth time that it feels better i might not be able to pinpoint exactly why some of those things we're talking about here but it it, it does work better and and for better or worse i mean that's kind of all that matters is how you feel about it in the end like i I might not be able to pinpoint why it's working so much better Mm -hmm. in this movie than it is in whatever iron man you know three i don't know that's not even a movie that does it i'm just saying you know whatever you know what i mean something like that something more modern yeah right and like i mean i'll say it's probably the spielberg of it but he sometimes has those innate abilities that you can't pinpoint that are intangible and and it's hard to even pinpoint in words you know because it's magic Mm -hmm. you know they could call it movie magic for a reason i think and i think sometimes we see it and we see it in this one yeah and then it also like it includes probably like my favorite a moment in the movie uh, in some ways where it's like um, he's at his house, right? And he has the cross and, and the inspiration of his entire look goes, and you lost today, kid. But, you know, like it doesn't mean that you have to like it. And he does the hat on his head and he looks up and it's Harrison mm-hmm. Ford. And it's like it's it's such a an amazing just bam. He's OK. Now he is Indiana Jones. Like everything that he learned in this one moment has led him to this moment. It was so fucking good. For better or worse, even, you know, like. You say he is yeah. Indiana Jones, and like that's actually the moment where he kind of like splits even because he's saying it belongs in a museum, but then he's also like, Well, this guy's like a raider. He got this. <laughs> How did he get this? So yeah. then he becomes that thing he was actually trying to like not let happen, right? So he becomes that guy, which is yeah. a raider, which isn't a great thing, but you know, it's still getting what he wants in the end, which is these artifacts for the museums and whatnot. But fortune and glory, I guess, you know. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I think to go back to why this works whereas so much better for me is that it's all being done now by directors and filmmakers who were directly influenced by steven spielberg and george lucas so therefore every time i see this i'm like oh they're not you know all of these that happen now are a a cheap comparison and some some of them are great some of them are not like did i did i did i need to see han get his blaster no do i care that's fine but this works because it's so just it's just storytelling. And now it feels like, Oh, somebody saw that. And JJ's like, we need to show why they got this or so-and-so's go, why we, why we have to have this now. And this movie, I can almost point to, I can't think of any, many others before this that did that where it's like, Hey, you got this actor, this, this character we've known about for years. Now we're giving you some backstory and guess what? This is how he gets his uh, scar. And why, why does he hate snakes so much? This guy who's this in intrepid world traveler shouldn't hate snakes. Well, we find out why. And he's got the hat. And that moment, and I think James hit it on the head. Jackson did too. Might be the, it's the single greatest. I mean, if Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones is the perfect merging of actor and character, River Phoenix is the perfect merging of young guy playing the older character. I mean, it starts from the moment he tells that kid to go. He goes, I'm going to think of something. And he gives that little Harrison Ford kind of nod and wink to the kid. And then he's off to the races. And I was like, that's Indiana Jones. And if that doesn't work, 
the rest of it, who cares what, how he gets the scar or if he gets the hat or this or that it, it all hinges on river Phoenix. And also the fact that it's just Spielberg and, and Lucas just telling their story. And they're like, we want to see how these got how he got his hat. We want to see it. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're it making would, up their own mythology because it's, it's their yeah, character. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. It what was minting. It was minting the character as an icon further because i think by the time you get to the last crusade it had been you know seven eight years so he was an iconic character at that point when they made raiders of the lost ark george lucas and and steven spielberg were like we want to make something that is as iconic as these serials as that we grew up with and that we saw and i know that spielberg had been like uh courted to do like a james bond movie and it was like oh how can we do something that matches that? So by the time you get to last crusade, he's already done that. It's like the hat is legendary. It was, I, I remember the, uh, you know, the, the taglines, the, the man with the hat is back. And this time he's bringing his dad and, you know, (laughs) just all the, all the things that you remember from right after that coming, coming out, this just kind of like signaled it even more. It said those things that you love and you remember about this character. Yeah. They're important. Yeah. That's, uh, Speaking on the Bond thing too, you know, like they, 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 we talk about the intros always having like a Bond feel. Like it's almost like they always start like a Bond movie or whatever. And this one also does too, which it starts just like the end of Octopussy. Actually, I don't know if y'all remember because Octopussy, the whole that last sequence, you know, on the train, the circus train. You know, like it's so funny how close those are. But I also think it's funny too that like they always you know he gets compared to like bondy and, and whatnot but he's like kind of the opposite of bond in that well in a lot of ways obviously but like he never actually like wins you know in the end like all these movies he he never gets what he's like even seeking you know like oh, except yeah, yeah. for <laughs> Temple of doom he does get one of the stones but like doesn't get the ark doesn't get the holy grail like we'll talk about it next next movie i mean even then right like (laughs) yeah but i mean you know it's just kind of interesting how you know yeah that parallel is also i think part of the reason why people also like him you know people like james bond because he's a little unrealistic or you know like you're aspiring to that but the humanistic side of you know indie not always winning and just you know being this (laughs) real guy is I don't know. Yeah. Something we all kind of and grab. getting beat up and getting like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like he's uh it's like a John McClane thing I always talk about. It's like he's a very like lethal hero because he gets beat up, he bleeds, he gets hurt, you know. It's like mm-hmm. um and I think I'm glad I could follow all of you about the opening sequence. You all said it so well. I feel like this is, I have four guests. I just copy what you guys say. No, I think I think with that opening sequence, what it's like all these pieces where it's like River Phoenix is so good, um, the sequence moves so quickly once it kind of gets going and like the things are happening so fast and it's like this like really breakneck entertaining sequence so you don't stop to really think about that much like oh you're like well there's the whip but then we want something else or he falls on the snakes um and it's just so entertaining and i think the fact that it's a prologue and not a whole movie uh with like solo got so much heat for like doing all that stuff i think because it's star wars thing and just the the doing a whole movie of like setting up on solo was too much evil but you do a prologue it's like that's okay but um i mean it's just so it's just so good and uh that cut is one of my favorite cuts i think it's Wilbur's career when he cuts from river phoenix to harrison ford um and one of my favorite cuts of the movie the other cut we'll sure we'll talk about later is so i think james or jackson posted it even earlier today uh it's a really funny 
funny edit. Um, and this one, so is, I was Jackson. You're talking about the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll get to it. it's, it's the joke James said we are forbidden to bring up. Yeah, we're not allowed to talk about it, man. Okay, well, I but that. we can later. But no, okay, later. okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, this is your show now. I forgot. I get you take no. I, I will allow this edit to be talked about. Fair enough. Fair you enough. get back in your corner, Matt Bledsoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I was gonna say some. I, I'm sorry. Somebody said about the comedy, and I feel like we talked about that in Temple of Doom a little bit, where it's like this was almost a response. Temple of Doom being so dark that they added comedy, but I feel like the comedy really does work, and it's like. Spielberg doesn't get a lot of credit for doing comedy that much, but I think this no. is, this is, there's everything here is funny. The jokes all, I think you were saying, Andy, like they hit, I feel like everything hits. There's no clunkers really. Um, so I feel like it feels natural. I don't know. It's just, it's funny without being too, I don't know, yuck, yuck about it. It's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, I enjoy it. So I don't um, know if it's a, a hot take, but I think mm -hmm. that the last crusade might be one of Spielberg's funniest movies. It's not a hot take. That's that's the truth. I mean, yeah, I yeah. The and, and the humor, the humor is like perfectly broad and balanced across the whole movie. It's like consistent all the way through. I mean, uh, um, we we were talking earlier about the the stamp on the book in the library. I mean, that's like that's like an inch from a Mel Brooks Mel Brooks movie. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you know Harrison doing the Scottish accent. I mean that that oh. feels like one of the first times I can ever remember Harrison doing like like just a true comedic you know, approach to something and he just pulls it off like stellar. We're here now, to clean the tapestry. The tapestry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, the impressions are starting. Y'all got to keep Surprise, no one's on Sean Connery yet. Go ahead. Yeah. James, sorry. Well, I was going to say the comedy, it, it's true. I, I can't disagree at all because I am laughing the whole time. Everything does hit. Everything is hilarious. It's funny. It works. It's perfect. But I think the thing that this is where my critiquing starts. It's, and again, it's not really even a critique. It's just that when I watch these movies now, I do end up watching them all again, usually. So I'll watch them in usually in order, or, or I will say order of release. Sorry. Cause I, you know, Temple of Doom's actually per first chronologically, whatever. Technically, James. No, but we actually. talked about even a little bit last time that as dark as Temple of Doom is, it, it's also very funny as well. Yeah. Right? Yes, like, very much. And it helps that you know relieve that tension of that darkness is because the comedy bits also work so well and for me i think that's what it is is it since temple doom is also so funny and does it so well that then when i get to last crusade and it's doing it but it's even amped up 10 more times it's just a little much for me even though it all works still it's just like oh i went from this you know that it's like overcorrecting, right like you're like oh this was so dark so we're gonna be so funny and it's like there's nothing wrong with that but it's just that when i go from that to that it is such a jar like i didn't have the five years in between because i too i too also growing up probably thought last crusade was my favorite like i loved it you know i was like on the same thing like i was like oh this is the best it's got everything i want you know it's like mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. even saying it now you know like why isn't this my favorite but i'm 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 just being on you know like it's my third favorite it, they go in order for me Young James um, is cool. Just gonna say that much. <laughs> uh, I'm with you, James. I just sorry, go straight down the line. I no, mean, but I, and we're saying I, they're I mean, both still amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Amazing, I yeah. still love it. That's what I'm saying. And like, yep. I, and and I I don't know how else to say it. Like, I still love all the comedy. I just think it's just so much, and that it is like they're always hitting that comedic beat over anything else. It feels like like so it it makes it a little harder for whenever like there are serious moments and stuff since there's so much comedy, it makes those moments not work quite as much for me personally. And we'll get into some of those more serious moments and stuff later, but yeah. 
I, no, I, that, that is a great point. Oh, sorry, Jackson, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, thanks. I was just going to say real quick, part of it, now that I think about it, it could be that the jokes are too good. Like there's not, <laughs> there's not a moment where you, you just kind of go, huh? Like I'm always <laughs> laughing. Like you said, there's not like a moment where you just like giggle, like, huh? Like they're yeah. all great. They all hit. And sometimes if you're not in that frame of mind, or like, like you said, sometimes at times I, I've heard people say, this is like a, uh, madcap zany comedy almost to some to to some people and I'm like okay I can totally see that so yeah you're not out anywhere else like that makes perfect 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 sense to me too so I thank you thankfully I just I like that comedy and it hits me and again had I seen Doom when I was with my dad when I was a kid this one might be number two or three you know it's one of those right it's a you know it's like picking picking hairs but it's like you know is an A plus and an A plus plus and an A plus plus plus. Like they're all great. So yeah, there's no bad indie movie. I will stand by that. We'll talk more about it next time. I'll, I'll I, almost I, stand by that. But. <laughs> Young James would would totally agree with me. I'm just kidding. I don't know, man. <laughs> Young James we'll had there. taste. We'll get there next time. I was gonna say um, the thing that stood out to me as as um, you were talking, James, is that. I was thinking back to when I mentioned that this was sort of like the blockbuster, like the fully realized blockbuster version of Indiana Jones movie and how, you know, it took the first two movies doing a lot of work to like set up the iconography to get to this point where we're, we're kind of cruising, but Spielberg, I think Spielberg at that point was like, he was in recovery mode. So he like needed to make this like four four quadrant thing that was like not too dark not too insular but has like jokes and humor and kind of balances those things as well as having like the emotional side and of course you know adding connery to the mix you know helped as well but i was i was thinking about you know where spielberg's at and so he's done temple of doom in 84 and then does color purple gets all the 11 oscar nominations and doesn't win and then empire of the sun which i think we look at that now it's like that's a good movie but i don't think it was the hit he wanted it to be so when he gets finally to 89 and he has to do this it's like oh we've got to make the version of of indiana jones that the kids are going to love the, you know the parents are going to love everybody's going to be into and so we got to make this as like broad and as accessible as, as possible and so that that was sort of like the way I was receiving it this time around and watching it and, you know, catching those little moments where like they're they're going through the catacombs and, and she's like, you know, are you sure that's the arc? And he's like, pretty sure, <laughs> you know, those things that are, you know, like and, and that's also, I, I think, a huge credit to the script because like Jeffrey Baum and um, uh, Stoppard, uh, Tom Stoppard, you know, were kind of two pieces of this puzzle because I don't know, like looking at you know the story behind it, a bunch of people wrote this script. Like there was like mm -hmm. a bunch of different versions of it before we got to what we had. So just having those two um, work together and kind of strip away all the the Monkey King, Fountain of Youth, like Haunted Mansion stuff that was like, I mean, this was crazy to, to learn all this stuff and then get to where we're at and re really be like, yeah, they really streamlined this down to like a father-son movie uh, that you could really just... You can you can just let kind of wash over you because that's that's what it is. I still wish I we agree. got that haunted house Indiana Jones movie, <laughs> which yeah, someone yeah. brought up I a mean, temple of doom. Really like, cool Damn it, I want to see that. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it does seem like they went through a lot of writers and different ideas for this one to get here. And I do. This is going to sound negative. But I don't mean to be. It does feel like they landed on like the safe 
idea, like the the sure fire kind of thing. Like, let's do kind of like Raiders again, but let's add the Sean Connery aspect and um, you know, but mm-hmm. I think it works. It's like it's Spielberg copying one of his best you know movie so i think you know that's yeah yeah. i I think it works too and and like jackson was saying too i understand too like i I, i'll correct some of the things i was saying on the the last episode (laughs) where i was incorrect about you know like he was the divorce you know from amy irving that happened around this time right so like he you know he was dealing with all sorts of stuff that he had they had issues before from then but then they continue like in his life up to now like so right he's trying to make something opposite from even maybe the way he's still personally right so like mm-hmm. he, this is all and it's almost like again like i said overcompensating from temple of doom overcompensating the way he feels personally he's making putting all this on screen which is great and and fine and i and I, I do love it but also like part of that too is like and i understand i'm trying to make the you know the four quadrant blockbuster and like but you also touching back on the the callbacks to Raiders. I feel like even that maybe it's just a little much, you know. Like it's like I have no tears. It's like callback, 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 callback. Like everything's a callback, and it's like that's fine. I, I don't. It doesn't bother me, but I notice it now because I've seen it a billion times, and I'm like, does this? You know, how much is this affecting my enjoyment of the movie? Because I'm just thinking, oh, he's just trying to do this. He's just trying to do that, right? Like so, it's it. it just depends on my mindset at any given moment when I'm watching it, I guess, how cynical I want to be or you know, not at the moment. But it, it's just like, I do feel like on these watches over these last few years, it's just been, oh man, that's a lot. It's a lot of good, <laughs> which isn't mm-hmm. bad, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Obviously, but it's just like, it's like heightened Spielberg. And it's like, whoa, I can't even take that much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wow. yeah, I saw the, I saw the criticisms about it being sort of a retread of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I, I agree there's some familiar beats but i just felt like this one the way that they kind of infused it with this this whole story that's indy on a quest for his dad not the holy grail and that you know one of the craziest things about this movie that unlike is that unlike raiders the MacGuffin here is is tied to his relationship with his dad because it's the thing that always tore him away from his dad it's the thing that he was jealous of because it consumed his dad so it was just that was the thing that stood out to me watching it this time around and being like, yeah, I see some of the comparisons um, in some of the actual like superficial beats of it. But I think I love it so much more now because it's like, yeah, he's also, he's grown as a filmmaker. I think some of the things, and we can get into this later, some of the the similar scenes I feel like are executed better this time around, um, even though Raiders may be a little bit more iconic. Um, but in addition to that, um, Spielberg was, I think, more prepared to make this movie because he had like, like James has seen gone through life. He had kids at this point, he was a family man. So he could tell the story from the perspective of a a son and a father. And so that, yeah, that that was interesting to me. Also, I don't know if you guys uh, got this this summer, got this this time around, but watching it after seeing the Fablemans and like all the father son stuff. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) A lot of layers there. It was interesting. Yeah, there are. (laughs) Again, I know me and Jackson just keep talking back and forth. Sorry. That's what I'm going to say. It's okay, guys. We'll leave. It's like I keep having something to say back. And it's like, you know, like. I'm going to get Chris Nanny back in here in a second. But go ahead. And yeah, it is interesting after, you know, the Fablemans and whatnot. And like even the documentary that came out, you know, you've learned about the the way he deals with all his personal stuff in his movies and stuff. And it is interesting that this one does deal with that on such a serious level, but it still has all that comedic side to it. It's like he can't quite 
deal with it on such a serious level yet. So he's got to have all that comedic stuff on top still because he's still not quite to, to that point. Well, not quite by a lot of years, but, you know, <laughs> you know, so he's like, mm-hmm. OK, this is a lot of stuff, but I'm going to put it under here under this little, you know, these comedy beats here and there, which works great. But like I said, on these last few viewings, it's just kind of pulled away from letting those uh, emotions between him and his father get to me more. Like I want them, I want to feel them a little more, but I can't because I'm still like so giddy, you know, high from the the excitement of the movie, which again is a great thing because Spielberg's working top form, you know, like like he said, I agree. I think a lot of these action set pieces are even shot better, you know, film executed better than Raiders and Temple, but um, not to say, you're right, we're not going to compare those, but anyway, like that's uh, talking about the father's son stuff. Yeah. That's just where my disconnect still happens. But again, love the movie. Five out of five. <laughs> five movie, James I think um, part of the yeah. reason why it's so funny and the father son stuff clicks too is his kids were young at that time. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, it's as a, a dad who has a kid in college now and my youngest is driving, it's very different from when they were really little. And when you're really little, it's, you're just so excited about being a dad. Not that you never stop being excited, but you know, there's like something new always happening. Like they're taking their first steps. They're taking their first, this, they're saying dad for the first time and this and that. And now they're, they're back talking and not cleaning their room. Like I ask them to after <laughs> a thousand times or, you know, doing this and doing that. So he's, you know, it's that those, those father, some moments are serious, but it's also that underplayed of a dad of like a new dad who's still like in those kind of like, yay, father, son moments. And it hasn't reached that <laughs> moment of like later when it's like, oh man, father, son moments can hit hard. And like when I went and saw, um, um, avatar with my kid, we're sitting mm-hmm. in with my, my oldest, we're sitting in the theater and I look over and I'm just like, tear and he he looks over he's like what i was like you'll know one day <laughs> well that's the other thing too is like i, I don't even I, this is indiana jones movie I, I, I it doesn't need to be some serious sure, deep father son like i keep talking about that like that's a problem but it's not that's not what it is and that's not what it should be and that's not what it's going for so chris how do you feel about the dichotomy i was gonna say we're chris back in here it's like <laughs> yeah. too long father-son no, relationship no, the comedic no, 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 no. and the serious side of this no no this is great i love i love all this i love all this um i think that because like every indiana jones movie has had a love interest and i'm and i'm sure that you guys have heard this before i'm not making it up but like oh the love interest of last crusade is sean connery I mean, yeah, more than it's true. That's who he's yeah. partnered up with most of the movie. It's like he's like, here. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> he he has that relationship with Elsa, but oh, you know, it's it's going to end. It's not going to last. You know what I mean? Hit like mm-hmm. the main and relationship of like oh, the one that gets all the emotions out of you, the entire movie is him and his dad. Yeah. Straight up. Like when, or Henry senior thinks he's lost him. What does he do? Breaks down crying. Like he goes, I never told him. He has all this unsaid stuff of what happens. Oh, when Henry senior shot, 
is Indy looks like he's about ready to fucking kill Donovan. He stands up ready to like it. That is, is the main relationship of the movie. And it helps that like you have oh, two actors who obviously enjoy working together and have insane fucking chemistry the entire time. The entire time they are great together. Like, oh, there's not one scene where you're like, I, like I would have I would have used another take every single take every single scene that they're in outside of the movie outside of like any issues that you have with the movie I personally think that every single scene that they're in is totally perfect totally perfect I, I agree it, that leads me to one of my questions about Elsa played by Allison Duty, who I I feel bad I think this is one I feel bad picking on her I think she's one of the weak spots of the movie I, but I don't. I, here's the thing. I don't think she's so bad that it's like a, like a performance that tanks the movie. I think she's almost like, not like a non-factor, but she just feels so, like she's just there. It's like most of the time. I think her best scene comes at the end when she has I, the Grail. Yeah, the I think she's just in there to kind of move the plot along a little bit. I um yeah. I think her performance overall is strong, especially when like they're in they're in Germany. at that ceremony thing mm-hmm. where like oh she's shocked to see indy or like at the end with the grail like she does oh care about indy but i think like as henry senior says she never and believed in the grail all she saw was a prize mm-hmm. like she's just a kind of there like even the uh, the you know the Nazi stooge uh, that dies in the tank. What's his fucking name? Vogel. Like, yeah, he's he's great. He has a couple scenes, but he goes out like. Oh, the main villain is Donovan, and I'd say overall, that that is of oh, the weaker element of the movie for me is the bad guys. Because it's Nazis again, which is right. awesome to see oh, him fight Nazis again. But it's like <laughs> they they're not like as outlandish as in the first movie where like, you know, the hand, you know, gets seared and they're not as scary. Shooter. Bottom no, line. I, I mean, yeah, like yeah, I know. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Donovan's death is a very similar to the end of Raiders, but it's, I don't think, oh, the technology was there. Cause like uh, looking at it now, it's so corny. I'm like, I'm sure as a child, I was fucking terrified. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're like, I'm not going to act like I didn't think that was scary. Like, no. Yeah. You're like, I was probably eight years old going like his face melted the fuck off. Um, (laughs) You know, but now like, now like, oh, or you look at it and it's so obviously like animatronic and, you know, like sped back and everything like that, but his death is earned. Like, I will give it that. Like uh, when he dies, you're like, yes, <laughs> finally. But yeah, I'd say like, it, if I had a critique of the movie, it's of the villains, if anything. Yeah. I mean, that's that's I because it's like it's Nazis again, but less memorable Nazis in the first movie. No. So it's I it's interesting because yeah, it's just kind of like Donovan's like generic 
evil white guy like you know they talk about like rush hour or something yeah. it's like follow the rich white man um well, it's like <laughs> belloc's also not yeah. a nazi he's just but he's right you know, he's he's indy's level he's always you know outsmarted indy actually you know they even talk about in raiders you know so like he's not a nazi either. nazis are the background yeah. villains that are like paying for these other villains right uh, you know but yeah so i guess it's scarier than donovan oh he, or yeah, elsa yeah. Oh, yeah. or anyone else like by a million like they're both beat anyone in this movie to me and yeah, donovan even tries to say that when I mean, he goes he goes uh, he goes a nazi like yeah he's, he thinking, don't care oh too small-minded yeah. he yeah. he is very similar to yeah, uh, belloc was talking about right you know he for the money he didn't care that it yeah. was the nazis yeah, either yeah. but right and, yeah, but then, and I think to a oh, degree, sorry, ahead, oh, sorry, Chris, no, uh, no. to, to a degree, I think Elsa's in that same place where I think what was interesting about Elsa's character was that after Marion and Willie um, Spielberg and Lucas knew they had to do something different with the female lead, but because it was like indie and he's like, you know, they're still kind of going with that James Bond trope. You, they're like, you have to have a female lead. So, but the love story, like the villains, like we're talking about had to take a back seat to this bigger story because the the movie's about you know fathers and sons and faith and reckoning with the way you were raised and how it shaped you and and something that like this time around the past week re-watching this movie i just like eat all this stuff up like i, I love it and maybe it's because i have kids now and because my kids like andy's saying when they're younger mine are six and nine so it's like i'm constantly thinking about that i'm constantly thinking about like is something I said going to have an impact on them or something I didn't say in the case of Henry, like mm-hmm. all the things <laughs> that he just left unsaid. And then in that scene, when they're, when they're on the cliff, he's like, I just, I, I could have used five more minutes, you know? And, and so just thinking about all that, I'm like, okay, it makes sense that they made Elsa kind of take a backseat to that. Uh, but I thought she was really interesting because unlike Marion and Willie, she is like a contemporary to Indy. She is like a peer in this, you know, archaeology, archaeological, you know, uh, field. And so she can kind of be admiring, admiring him both as someone who's really good at what they do, as well as obviously a love interest. So I thought all that was like a really good way to execute it. And then in the meantime, also kind of use her as like this kind of funny, like we were saying, madcap foil. It kind of captured some of the screwball stuff, like the Nick and Nora, Thin Man, that type of stuff with her and him at times. Um, but yeah, I just I just felt like they needed someone to fill that, especially in the end when they needed to show what could have happened if Indy gave into the desire for the grail. Mm-hmm. That was like, he was just like, a hair away from i think the whole movie he's like no i'm here for my dad i'm going at you like he he only went along with donovan because he wanted to save his dad and that was kind of like his main motivation but i think in the back of him back of his mind he always has that sort of that itch for the treasure that itch for what are what are we after and so to have her at the end you know reaching for the grail and then he's like he's also like they they show there's a little bit of a connection there because he says as he's trying to save her he calls her honey he says i can't hold you and so there's a push and pull there even that even though it's not as deep as like marion um they were they were setting something up there that i mean i i felt like was well done and i i I enjoyed it i think i think i i agree she also yeah you said i forgot she is like also a peer because you know i was saying like belloc is his equal and she is too but i think 
maybe what underplays that for me is that then she's also his love interest and then also they just can't do enough with it like you're saying this movie's doing so much already that, mm-hmm. that kind of just gets underplayed a, a bit too much maybe because then you're like oh well she's his equal but i'm only thinking of her more as oh his love interest and also his dad's love interest right like so it's like it gets kind of weird because then it's like, okay well i don't even feel she like talks she... in her sleep yeah yeah, yeah like all that, that stuff uh, is so wild that, uh, right Which, that was great, um but... ad-libbed that that line the talk oh, oh. yeah apparently there was like something else and then connery was like oh this would be a funny way to like reveal this and they and spielberg was just like we're keeping it i just i like yeah i made a little note too around that scene because you know that's the whole time they're saying all this stuff and they find out about them both sleeping with her or whatever and like indy says i like the austrian way better right and then henry says so did i and i in my brain i was like wait you liked your son get the Austrian getting the Austrian away, but you know, like I was going overboard in my thinking of what he was way saying. overboard. No, he, uh, yeah, you went too far. Not for you went too far. Son was getting. I, I just laughed at this time. That's a, a not a major plot, but a plot point is that they both slept with the same woman. I just was like, that's so. I mean, it's just so weird, like a weird little detail that I, I guess it's funny, you know, but it's like you could have left it out and it would have been. I just, I don't know. I just was laughing all the time thinking about like Sean Connery just being like, sorry, Junior, we had sex with the same woman. Like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like we both uh, shagged the same lady. Uh, it's just like, it's very weird. To, like, it's like a big blockbuster. It's like, by the way, put the detail and both slept with her. It's like, but why? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, be funny, I'll tell but, you uh, why, because, and nobody's mentioned it, and I'll be the pig in the room. She's drop dead gorgeous. Like, that's why she's in the movie too i hate to say it where people get cast because they're good looking people harrison ford handsome dude have to have somebody that's equally as attractive if not more um and, and on the flip side of that not wrong harrison not ford wrong. and sean connery like good for her yeah exactly yeah, right like yeah we're like we have james bond he has to have sex with somebody even if it's like yeah. well just <laughs> and yeah and i also like that we always expect and this is probably because of years of filmmaking but we're always ready for a crazy reveal and we get donna or we you know and we get her before we get donovan really um and i don't know about you but when i'm nine years old again you got to keep in mind when these who these you know like 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 george always says these movies are made for a certain audience. They, you know, the, the, the kids, when I was watching this, I wasn't going, Oh, she's easily a Nazi. She's going to turn on him. That was a shocking <laughs> moment. So it makes sense why they're setting up what they're in turn setting up. They have that kind of, will they, won't they, when you first meet them? Cause he kind of flirts with her and she dismisses it when she goes, you know, you've got this and he goes, yes, but the, the, the rest are uh, yours. And she goes, Oh, I'm sorry. Apparently all the good parts are, are, you know, previously spoken for. And they kind of have that kind of one-upsmanship and then they go through some stuff together, you know, the rats and everything else, which I got some anecdotes. I've, I've read about those coming up soon. We'll talk about that when we get to set pieces and whatnot, but, but her character does, as Chris mentioned and Jackson mentioned and James too, it does help move things along because she's the reason that the, the Nazis are able to get the grail diary without her. And he's not going to give it up. She has to walk over there and physically take it from him. And then, but you should have listened to your father. And then you get that line where, you know, you should have mailed it to the Marx brother and all that stuff. But <laughs> um, so, and I like that they, you know, for a movie that's set in the late eighties, she's a pretty strong, like she's, we don't, and she's never looked down upon for sleeping with both 
father and and son like no she gets hers as much as indy gets his so it's yeah it's actually it's a pretty strong character honestly written wise yeah i was <laughs> i was just gonna say the exact same thing i was gonna say for as little as they do give right. this all together in the movie as a whole it, it, this is the best possible way it could have been done or, or like she does she is as complex as you can have her be in this style of big huge blockbuster 1989 you know like movie that we got right like right because she is conflicted all the time she she's doing all these things but even in the end you know like which is another thing that i guess has been questioned i just realized reading something like i i didn't even realize people have questioned her choosing the grail right for donovan and like whether she was choosing it on purpose like some people i guess thought that she actually believed that was the right one that she was giving him but not that that was the wrong one on purpose she was giving him right like because she knew that was the wrong one you know, like, what do y'all think? Did y'all ever question that? But she very oh, clearly wow. gives Indiana a look after she right. gives it to him, like, I know oh, what yeah. I'm doing here. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. I, 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 I was very confused. I never, took it, I never took it any other way other than, like, oh, she, she saw it and she was like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker right now. Okay. Because <laughs> okay. when... This is very strange. This was the first I had heard it, too. Henry. And yeah. I was like, what? Oh. People think that... I wouldn't... She looks upset as hell as well. Yeah. Because, weird oh they had a relationship outside of the sex like oh she worked for him you know what i mean yeah. so like i don't think how her character is portrayed is i is i never saw her as an outright villain she's just kind of along for the ride because of this is the only way that she can see how to retrieve the grail right because she wants the grail too obviously like that's she right. has he's like playing both sides Germany, to she's she wants, crying yeah. as she's looking at all the books because she's not truly evil and when henry gets shot oh she reacts to it like mm. all that it leads up to her going like here's here donovan take a sip it'll make you immortal yeah. wink <laughs> but for this movie india yeah. is the one who has the change not her this isn't her movie she yeah. doesn't get to experience that yeah. full-on change yet so she does have to yeah, Correct. she yeah. she's struggling with the moral implications of her actions the whole like right up until right but right up until she has the grail at the end yeah. and does the dumbest thing ever of running and falling and throwing it 18 <laughs> feet into the chasm <laughs> star every time i see that i'm like oh what are you hey, doing <laughs> that's what we call movie license okay <laughs> yes i know i know i'm not script watching or anything else like right. that but um but one other thing about her too, when you, you know, when they're leaving and they're, and uh, you know, Indy and his dad are tied up, she doesn't have to lean in and tell him it was a great night. She had a wonderful time and then give him when I was a nine-year-old, an awkward kiss. And I was like, is that how it's done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but so she doesn't have to do that. She chooses to do it because she liked what happened and, and you can't blame, you know, so you're right. She, she is. She yeah. is not a villain per se. She's just one of those. Okay, this is what can get me what I want. And unfortunately, even though I don't agree with what this psychopath stands for, I believe in this Grail more. So I'm just going to side with him and then use him. He's my means to getting what I need to get. Yeah, I keep talking her up in my mind too. Like the more we talk about her, like I'm like, because then I'm thinking about the scene where you know they it's you know it's only a for a few seconds but you know she's so visibly upset when the book burning right like yeah so she, she obviously has they're trying to give her as much character as they can give her 
you know, yeah. in as little time I, as I can. And visually, too, even if not story. You guys are convincing me that I was too hard on her now. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Sorry. Just, it was for you. some reason, Dang she's you, like the least memorable. You're back in your corner, the, Matt. I know. Of, no. I, I mean, Marion's an impossible act to fall. I feel like they can never, oh. hey, we can't top Marion. Yeah. So we'll just go other directions. Um, I, I think even, that might have more to do with, again, no, no offense to Allison Duty, but maybe just her performance isn't as strong as Karen Allen or, you know, Kate Capshaw. But that's that's fine. You know, yeah. maybe you're just not connecting with it, right? But we're just trying to say how it does work. No, no. Right? I mean, you guys are making good points. I was saying, like, I, I for some reason, she's not as memorable. And but you guys say all this stuff. I'm like, OK, maybe she's more complex. than I was giving her credit for because um, there was a lot going on. So there's only so much time you can give to. Uh, you know, have she's doing a lot. I think you guys say like when she was crying at the book burning. I don't think I even really noticed that honestly, or like didn't really clock <laughs> it. I guess. And I'm like, okay, she's probably doing more subtle stuff than I even realized yeah. without you know, having as much dialogue or having as much as you know as many scenes. But um, I think I mean, also, it, she, it, yeah, it pains her to say like when Indiana grabs her neck and he says like all I have to do is squeeze, and she says all I have to do is scream. Like you can tell like she doesn't want to get get him in trouble. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so, um, uh, and I was going to ask about uh, the rats. I think Andy brought the rats in the, in the, uh, the sewers. Um, Cause I asked on the table. Oh, oh are you going back to last week? <laughs> We're going to oh, no. talk about what we would rather. I know. I'm going to ask what you rather, rather, would you rather be stuck in? Would you rather have the rats in the sewers, the yes. bugs in the, the tube there or the snake pit? What would you pick if you had a pick of the three? I know it's not great, but if you had to pick one, you're like, I can deal with that. Andy, I'll can go I with take you. None of them? <laughs> no, nope, you gotta pick a, one. Okay. Gotta a, pick a one. Villain's right. got a gun in your head. Says pick your pick where you want to go. <laughs> okay. First off, my little um anecdote. I found out all of those rats were bred for this particular yeah. scene and for that movie. Isn't that weird? Oh. Like it, yeah. Like talk about Spielberg at the height of his power. Like, we we need rats. We need thousands of them. Okay, we'll just read breed them. So they, <laughs> yeah. So okay. Uh, I nice. absolutely hate snakes. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> In theory, I can squish bugs if I need to. Can't squish rats, so I think I got to take the bug room because I can at least fend myself a little bit. <laughs> but snakes, like like you said, Matt, and like uh, Lynn said, they have they have teeth. And they slither and slide, and they come up through toilets. You know, crazy oh. stuff happens with with, with snakes. Um, and <laughs> and toilets. and rats. So many of them can get just, you know, bowl bowl you over. And uh, you know, and they climb through little holes in uh, you know stone caskets that are turned upside down and land on your head. <laughs> Disgusting and gross. Oh. And the sounds that they make. Ugh. So I think I gotta go with uh, bugs, honestly, because I could run. I can think I can outrun bugs and stuff like that and squish them. You are trapped in that spot with the bugs, though. You got to remember that you're you're stuck in there. Yeah, but a, yeah, but after I take out so many of them, I can get myself a little spot where I can <laughs> oh, that's stand. True. And then that's true. I can, okay, then I right. can fend off one bug at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Andy fighting one bug at a time. Uh, this uh, okay? That was a very well thought answer, uh, Jackson. Which one would you pick to do of the three? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the the bugs too. I'm okay. like as yes, the the resident you know bug killer in my house. I I think I can handle a bunch of bugs that I could just dispose of and create a space more. I I don't know the rats thing. Like when Allison Duty has like the rats like crawling in her hair and then oh. like noises they're making. I was like nah nah I'll pass on the rats. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, All right. I, uh, yeah, I think I got to go with the bugs. 
you seem shocked at all this these because well, the bugs are just so horrifying to me i can never no. choose the bugs it's just too like even even knowing that i could you know kill them all kind of like andy was saying or whatever you know I, they're just gross it's just it's the <laughs> mental thing it's not it has nothing to do with like my actual physical prowess like it's just the fact that they're nasty in my mind they freak me out and that's the bottom line. they're not going now snakes and rats that's tough because the rats are pretty gross like yeah, i mean yeah. with that many that's that's pretty rough and and rabies yeah like uh, yeah the they, disease they, they was bite, like oh you know with like, their teeth and like yeah i mean i think i'm still going to snake room honestly I'm, I'm not gonna lie because yeah they have teeth but are, do those snakes in that room or how you know aggressive are they uh, i'm just gonna go they're not that <laughs> taking your chances because he's rolling around in them even in the ones he you know what actually i'm gonna rephrase your thing i'm going with the snakes in the circus cart <laughs> oh, oh my god <laughs> i'd rather be in the pit with the snakes i i uh yeah i don't like there was there was at least the thing about the snakes there was room to move in that space a little bit true okay yes but i still am with andy jackson and go with the bugs i i think before re-watching last crusade i almost would have said the rats but then re-watching how horrific that was it was like then (laughs) i how many of them how many of them there were how like and the disease i was like i don't like a germaphobic type guy but it's like when there's that many rats and you're in like a dirty sewer it's like or these old you know things just seemed disgusting it seemed so much worse than i uh and would have thought it claws all over you the little claws yeah i don't know yeah. and the noises so, again the... Ugh, ugh. so i'm with james uh i'm going the snakes because i fucking hate bugs i have a bug phobia like hardcore and I don't have a problem with rats when there's like one or two, but when there's a fucking army, nope, <laughs> yeah. I'm out. I'm out. So I'm going snakes. Snakes. Okay. Like nobody right. picked the rats. This is, I was, I thought somebody would pick the rats, but uh, no, it's rough. It's, it's like, Ooh, I didn't, I was like thinking, I feel bad for Harrison Ford and Allison Duty even having to shoot that scene. Like I'd be like, Steven, I'm out. Like you can, like, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta figure something else out. Uh, I don't want to do I mean- this. Because, you know, they just had to, like, up the ante every movie. So it was like yep. we had a bunch of bugs in the last one. We just got to make the rats, like, just overwhelming. <laughs> and and the other thing I read to add to, to Andy's story is so they they bred the rats for, like, the big shots. But then, like, the shots with the fire, when the, when the guy, like, lights the, the, the water on fire, um, they had, like, little, like, mechanical rats that they used for that. Like, when they're, like, running down oh, the aisle. Uh-huh. Yeah. ILM at its finest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> real, whenever I watched that that scene, I just always picture the two writers giving each other a huge high five after they were just like, rats, all capitals. And then it like pans down. <laughs> They're like, we got it. <laughs> and so, okay, also, and- you don't hear the rats until, you know, it's a classic movie trope where something's being, you know, held until the great reveal and you don't hear them but then it pans down and all of a sudden you hear the loudest rat sounds ever and i was like no they've been there the whole time we've heard them the whole time (laughs) (laughs) that's true so in crystal skull because i haven't rewatched it yet uh what is the is it fire ants right it's the big fire ants yeah we'll get yeah okay we'll get there i just was curious i had to ask i couldn't remember um oh i I was gonna say talking about bugs though and also (laughs) i'm gonna backtrack a bit because you are also talking about children like yeah. What you know? What are we doing to our kids? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. My <laughs> daughter, she's a few months away from turning four, so she's very young. 
but she mm-hmm. already apparently knows Indiana Jones by his visual alone. <laughs> and you know, asked the other day to watch Indiana Jones Bug Squish, which is Temple of Doom. And she actually this is where my parenting comes into question. She likes the part the rock crusher part where the guy gets squished by the rock crusher. <laughs> Wow. Now that's what well, she means. He is a bad guy, squish, but she's because she's putting the two together. Because there's also the bug scene, right? But uh-huh. I don't know if this is going to scar her. You know, like she's going to. She'll be fine. She's, she's literally screaming. asking you to watch it. She loves it. I feel like I... I'm doing a good, you know, service. You know, child's getting into Indiana Jones. Yes, she's going to be, you know, like me. But you know, I don't know. Who knows? That might be too. <laughs> I, much. I love I that made, story. Well, I, but, right. it's, yeah, <laughs> this sounds terrible. I didn't make them watch, but I put it on when my kids were very young too, and it was one of those things where. I, I, you know, they were like, "Ooh, the bugs are gross." I was like, "If you think that's gross, just wait, because it's going to get even crazier." <laughs> when you rip yeah. it. <laughs> and well, to this to this day, my dad, when we're over there, he'll walk up to us and like put his hand on our chest and go, "Kalima Shakti Day," and yeah. it's a big thing with our family. So my kids know what it was even before they saw the movie. So they were like, "What is what is what is Pappy talking about?" I was like, "Oh, well, <laughs> let me show you what he's talking about." Oh. So I think you're fine, and I think you're an excellent parent and an awesome yep. human being. You're doing well, great. The, the, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I should say the, the coolest thing to me really was that I I didn't even say this. We, I was watching a different movie, Ten Little Indians, the canon Ten Little Indians that has Frank Stallone in it, and he's wearing like a sort of Indiana Jones look. That's what made her say oh, Indiana Jones. And I was like. Nah, it's not Indiana Jones, but that's crazy that you think that's Indiana Jones. Or that's, great that you think yeah, that's Indiana Jones. The fact that that hat and that right, coat like, image is like what she, yeah, that's. I mean, it's it's what we said. You got a smart daughter iconic. there. She's probably going to, this is probably going to be her favorite Indiana Jones movie when she finally sees it. Yeah. Last <laughs> she, yeah I mean, she's like, Dad, I wouldn't doubt it. You she's know? like, Dad, the humor hits and it's just no the right amount. That's her review in like two years. The humor hits, it's smart, it's well written. You're like, wow, you are really well spoken. Um, <laughs> What do you think of the heart being ripped out? It's the right amount. Yeah, it's the right amount. What do you think of the heart being ripped out in Temple of Doom? She she hasn't seen that part. Okay, okay. okay. (laughs) Didn't go that far. like, awesome. Yeah, like, show her Robocop next. Uh, She's Uh, (laughs) ready. He's like, I have limits, Matt. I have limits. (laughs) (laughs) The the X-rated cut. Well, all the violence. No. Uh, So... Okay. I oh, guess. Speak, one yeah. more thing before we yes. move on from yeah. Allison Duty, and I was gonna—we oh, yeah. keep talking about the James Bond of it all. Is this the one with the most James Bond like people? Uh, yes, because <laughs> Allison Duty, Julian Glover, we got the dude from Vogel. I don't know his real name. Yeah, Michael, Vogel, yep. uh, Like all these people are in other Bond movies. Oh, one, wow, Sean Connery. Sean Connery himself. You know? but, <laughs> yeah, like that's a lot of a lot of Bond connection right there. Uh, John uh, John John Reese Davies. He's in a he's he's in Bond as well. Which Bond is he in? He's in a later remember. one. Um, what was he in? Not to like question you. I mean, oh, it sounded like I was like, put him in a he? diplomatic bag. I think that's, uh, <laughs> that's the Living Daylights, did. right? Is he? he might oh, be. yeah, yeah. He is in one of the Dalton ones. Is it? Is it Living Daylights? Oh, yeah, because well, he, yeah, because it's with that right? one like schmarmy guy who's trying to change sides, and then he's like, put him in a diplomatic bag, and that's what I always remember. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, there are a lot of Bond people in this one. Um, I mean, yep. Spielberg always want to make a Bond movie, so I feel like he, you know, just did yeah. he did this, and that was, you know, just as good. And so um, <laughs> he, he he really, you know, so you don't want to do this. I'll make something else and make it. I would. I mean, I as iconic as Bond, Indiana Jones and Bond are like, oh yeah, same level. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that was crazy when I said it. I was like, is this check out? Uh, but, I think uh, it does, and it's crazy that it. You know, there's so many more bond movies that only took this many indie movies to get on that same level true 
It's true. That's true. Um, no, not to say that Bond wouldn't be with four. I don't know. Whatever. That's stupid. <laughs> no, That's just me being a moron. <laughs> Team moron. Game, we're so. all here. <laughs> hey, I'm just as much. When you said that, I was like, dude, I'm a moron. I get it. I understand. Totally. Well, sometimes I just say things and I'm like, I, right after I say it, I'm like, oh, that's not even a well-formed thought. That's, that's me every week on this show, James. I'm here every week doing that. That's my whole shtick. Uh, <laughs> we all, I, I don't I, listen back to any of it. <laughs> we, we all have like moron moments at some point in time or another. Like I, I spent like half of uh, Lindsay's show calling uh, Fred Ward, Burt Ward. So, and then afterwards I was like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Yes. You moron. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, no one's a bigger moron than me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I beg to differ, my friend. It's always like moronic things in my time. <laughs> as long as the people know what you're trying to say, hopefully that's yeah. I, most yeah, I'm like, they'll, they'll get it. But yeah. Um, one thing that was really funny that I don't know if you guys caught, I caught for the first time this watch was when Julian Glover is first showing um, Harrison Ford the tablet in his like office or whatever and the and his wife comes in they're playing uh the imperial march in the background on the piano the, the room, yeah it's like it's like a you know blink it you'll miss it type yeah. of like sound blip but it's there and it's crazy because it's of course like julian glover's and empire strikes back uh but yeah i just thought that was like really funny to to hear this time around it is john williams you gotta talk about him every time too i gotta talk about every time he's yep. the best he's i don't it's i it's like i can't even think of who else would be like you know competing with him for like best movie composer you know it's well, oh, like, uh, i was gonna say as your co-host matt you could ask this question of our guests uh <laughs> <laughs> would you, you prefer the raiders we're, go we're gonna call it a trilogy we're not gonna count crystal skull okay. just for the sake of original trilogy Fair enough. Yeah, star yeah. wars no 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 not like it doesn't <laughs> exist just that we're only gonna do star wars empire strikes back jedi oh gosh gotcha, you gotcha, gotcha you're gotcha, gonna gotcha. break Temple it up Zoom, this, raiders, yeah yeah which which scores do you prefer? Um, I can't oh, answer that sorry. question, honestly, because of where I'm recording. Life and death. <laughs> Star Wars. You have to, Chris. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, oh, the reason I picked Star Wars is because Empire Strikes Back has my all-time favorite oh, piece of score in any movie ever, and it is the asteroid field. Oh. That, oh, that... Oh. A single track brings me so much joy that when it was used in solo, like I started crying. I was just like, oh my God, it's the fucking asteroid belt. <laughs> Although I will, but in terms of Indiana Jones music, I think, oh, this is the strongest of the three scores in particular of oh, the tank scene. Oh, that yeah. score is fucking fantastic, man. Just, oh, the yeah. just every beat, it works. Like a Williams knows when to bring it up when to pull it back just a second and then ramp it up and it, mm -hmm. it's 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 fucking great i actually i didn't know i was muted on my because i had to switch headphones um because <laughs> i had something to say on the james bond thing i'm going like this oh. and i'm like i'm like man, they're just talking over me and oh i'm fucking <laughs> muted like a jackass so who's the moron now guys um, <laughs> chris that... king of the morons go ahead and tell us what you're everybody, gets about. <laughs> everybody gets a moron moment taking my mantle is that like as you guys were talking about like all the James Bond stuff, I think that a Last Crusade has the most oh James Bond scene ever that isn't in a James Bond movie, and that is the chase in the boats mm. on the river. 
That is so. Yes. Oh yeah. 80s James Bond. Yep. To where oh the ships start to come together, and it's where. Don't go between Allison, them. <laughs> it's where oh poor Allison Duty oh drops her accent for a second. <laughs> it's so obvious too. I was like, did they couldn't ADR that one? But, but whatever. <laughs> but like, as the boat they, it is getting all like all hacked up by the fan like the whole time i'm thinking this is a james bond movie yeah like this yeah, like yeah it's like a villain like how a villain's lair would be you know like a laser or whatever like the same thing exactly exactly yeah. yeah my soul is ready how is yours oh yeah it's even, I, yeah, even and I, he he's such a great character too yeah and yeah. that line uh, jackson nailed it man that line is like all he's like damn that is a good fucking line to say to somebody <laughs> right before you might die. Yeah. <laughs> I was cool. Yeah. yeah just yeah. like, well, I don't think I want to die, but he's, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, that guy I, had a lot of screen time, but he makes the most of it. He's memorable. Yeah, memorable. Yeah. Yeah. I got to agree with Chris. This was, I mean, in my opinion, I think this is my favorite of all the Indiana Jones scores. Um, if, if not for anything that it was like every single thing has a theme in this even like the cross of coronado has a theme and it's like it's like eight minutes or something and it's out of the movie but it's like everything gets a theme and you even get like when they walk past the the um arc like hieroglyph you get the the raiders theme it was awesome mm -hmm. but what about yeah. star wars and uh Jones oh you mean uh, oh okay so as a trilogy both which, of them which, which set would you oh, prefer to tread carefully jackson tread, tread carefully oh, there's no right or wrong it's just for i know fun. there isn't yeah no I there think, is I think I think as a complete trilogy, I think I'm gonna go with Star Wars because there's like, I mean, Binary Sunset is probably in like my top five scores of pieces of anything, so that's up there for me too. This is impossible. Andy? Why would it... <laughs> we know what Andy's gonna say? Oh well, yeah, of course it's gonna be it's gonna be Star as, Wars because as, as the as... official host for five minutes, Matt. <laughs> yes, Andy, you don't even get to choose. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I don't want to choose. Go, just pass me by. Here's what's let, funny let. though is like is like oh this question is asked of me and Andy. Andy is recording in front of Star Wars stuff. I'm recording in front of Star Wars stuff. And we're like, <laughs> I know, I know. We're I like, know. Hmm. but y'all. I would say I though, yes, I will say though, as Jackson mentioned and Chris mentioned, yeah, this score gives Star Wars a run for its money in terms of like from the get go, from when we meet River Phoenix as Indy. That moment he, that he's climbing up the wall and there's that little kind of mischievous music and then his foot snaps and you hear the and they all turn and look and the chase is on the movie never like the score never lets up there's always great moments when he crashes through the window and his dad smashes him with the you know vase there's even like kind of there's there's bumbling hey. moments in it there's <laughs> mm -hmm. epic moments there's the tank scene there's the grail theme, you know, there's all sorts of stuff, you know, the whole, you know, acts he must pass all of the different elements of the score are just like, it's like Williams continues to just always one up him. So I, I don't know how the man does it even at, you know, 80, 90 years old, he's still scoring these things. And I guarantee no matter what we feel about dial, his soundtrack is going to be amazing and I'm going to love it. Um, mm -hmm. But it's just so, but Star Wars just is that completed in terms of a trilogy, each there's ways to call back to other 
themes and they morph and play out in Star Wars just a little bit different than Indy does because each movie is a little more, well, it's part of a trilogy of movies. It's not a trilogy of the same story always going through. So that's why Star Wars gets the nod for me. But Great. My turn. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I probably got to go Star Wars because... Uh... I mean, I just think there's more. Yeah, damn right you do. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's more memorable pieces throughout the the original trilogy. Um, and if you, I don't, I could include the other stuff because, like, listen, guys, look at me. I have problems with Phantom Menace, but Jesus Christ, Duel of the Fates is like yeah. one of the best things he's ever done. That's really saying something. So it's, it's oh, the only one that's ever been on TRL for eleven years. Yeah, I was gonna say that's <laughs> Jason's favorite right there. I, so, I, I mean, left him out, but that's his favorite. But I mean, I just even the, if we're just talking the original trilogy, I mean it's just like it's just so many great pieces of music and Indiana Jones does have great music throughout, but the I mean the Indiana Jones theme like just like that Dollar Destiny trailer, I gotta be honest, it's not doing too much for me. But when that theme kicks in I'm yeah. back. Yep. Like it's like once the oh. theme kicks in, I'm like, okay, I'm sold. I'll see this immediately. But it's like, dude, that first trailer, I was like, okay, you know, I'm seeing a lot of CG. Obviously, Harrison Ford's fucking ancient. But then as soon as that <laughs> theme kicks in, I was just like, money, go, just come yeah. on, <laughs> come on, right? take my money. money. Right. Same with the second trailer, where I'm just like, and they played the theme way more in the second trailer. It, it's like they knew, hey. So all the metrics on social media is and when the theme kicks in in the first trailer. So let's play the whole theme, the entire second trailer. And you're just like, good idea. I don't care how this looks. I'm going to go fucking see it. Yeah. I love yeah. the uh, like the John. There was like a John Williams tribute or it was like a lifetime achievement or something like that, where Harrison Ford gets up on stage and has to like present it to him. And so they're playing the theme and he gets up to the mic and is just like, that music follows me everywhere. <laughs> yep. Jackson, I was about to say the same thing, my friend. <laughs> I love it. He goes, he's like, that damn song follows me everywhere. I go to, I go to the doctor. It's there. I go pick yeah. up my mail. It's there. He's just... <laughs> but what a song yeah. to follow you around. It's, uh, right, it's right. Well, <laughs> um, that's kind of yeah. what I was getting at, honestly. Like, is it, they're both like how crazy is it that you know jackson me and you like james horner heads right but right there's no really comparison williams is like he doesn't have that he doesn't have like, he does have some things that are on that level but to have star wars and raiders which are two things that are just like ingrained in everyone in the world not to mention other, Jaws. Like, even Harry Potter yeah, not to mention Jaws. he's done Jurassic Park right so many it's like, just I, insane yeah yeah it's they like my one kids, of those yeah, yeah. yeah. my <laughs> my kids hear like the home alone score now and they think oh, it's God, like yeah. it's they think it's like like on the level with like christmas carols because yeah. like it's on <laughs> on dear in our house during the holidays so it's like that's like iconic to that level you know yeah it's crazy it's and crazy. you can count me on as the third horner head and i'm i think chris is also yeah. a horner head as well no, everyone's a horner head or should be but i, I, I mean yeah, like, i'm with it, you guys yeah it's just it's also <laughs> just wild that he has both of these that are the the raiders movie or Indiana like, jones movies and the star wars movies and just to have both of them from the same guy and they're just both so like perfect and iconic it's it's just, I, yeah you could have asked for more let me that. ask a question and this might be a controversial one <laughs> what do you think is the more iconic character or for Harrison Ford, is it Indy or is it Han Solo? Wow. That is a good one. (laughs) 
as the resident Star Wars nerd, other than my twin, I think honestly, it is Indiana Jones. And Harrison Ford is my favorite actor of all time. Like, right, right. If you go on my Twitter profile, on my bio, or like on my header photo, it's, dude, it's Indiana Jones. It's Han Solo and Deckard. Harrison Ford is my favorite actor of all time. But when I think of Harrison Ford, I think of Indiana Jones. I'm, I'm right with there with you, Chris, on like multiple levels. First, there's like, he's my favorite actor of all time. And then I agree, you know, Indiana Jones is the one where he's for the most part, always in the spotlight. I mean, this is like the one movie where he's had to like really share Mm -hmm. the, the, the spotlight the most, because like, the magnitude of having Sean Connery as your father. But like, if you look at his career, I mean, yeah, like Han Solo is up there for me too. It's like Han Solo, uh, Deckard, Jack Ryan, James Marshall. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, Richard Kimball, you switched the samples. I mean, those, (laughs) these were, I, all y'all with your impressions, man, I am not doing an impression. I'll never do an impression on here. (laughs) Oh, Try a Connery. It's easy. Bro, y'all, y'all are great at it, man. Like, I know. Doing that Kimball right now. Everyone's got a. Uh, I just did one like two weeks ago, dude. A Sean I know. Connery. Yeah. Me and Eddie were on just locking off. Yeah, I'll, I'll find one, but not today. I, I just think, I just think, yeah, like Indiana Jones has got to be his. It's going to be the most, like, it's going to be the one for sure that, like, you know, God forbid when we lose. Harrison Ford, that's going to be the the music that they play, like, you know, on the in memoriam or whatever, you know, like that's it's I think at the top of the mountain for his filmography. And, and also, you got, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. No. And it, it's the one that he always seems to be the most and invested in. Um, earlier in the episode, like I was talking about, like on Return of the Jedi, he wanted his character killed off and he was kind of bored right and he'd put on some weight he just like there are scenes where he's like in it you know as Han Solo and then there's scenes where you're just like he's not 100% there you know what I mean and then he returns in episode 7 and he's having fun you could tell but he's older he's slower in like in terms of his prime and even now like like I'm sure we'll talk about this on the next episode but in Crystal Skull, he's still in it. He still has that smirk. He has that smile, even though he's still, he has that, I'm Harrison Ford, I'm grumpy voice. He still <laughs> has that wink and like uh-huh. that nod where like he's still, he's feeling it. And like he didn't have to return for this fifth movie. He did at his age. And he broke his, uh, what did he break? an ankle or his leg leg. his age and was just like oh i don't care like i'm still going because (laughs) he loves he loves this character so much he's even said it is his favorite and and i don't Mm -hmm. know if that has influenced oh me oh oh knowing that this is his favorite character that he's ever done but yeah like when i think of harrison ford i always think indiana jones and and then a close sec it is when I think I think of indie first. Yeah. Yeah. I I was thinking about your guys's conversation and I think it was the the Raiders episode where you're talking about Harrison Ford being like is he the biggest movie star? 
And yeah, that was, that was I, I gave that question a long thought because I, you know, I was like, there's not a lot of people that are at that level where they have like characters where there are full on debates about, can we recast this person? Or like they're they're mm-hmm. so iconic that they're like they have their own Mount Rushmore within their career. I mean, the only one I could kind of jump to in my in my mind, and maybe you know, let me know if you agree, James, is is Tom Cruise, because mm-hmm. I mean he yeah. and even he doesn't necessarily have like a Mount Rushmore in terms of like I mean the they're iconic movies, but not necessarily iconic characters. Like I don't know if 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 you know 10 or 15 years down the line or or even further there's going to be people that are like you can't you can't recast ethan hunt that's not my ethan hunt you know right right the way, yeah, the way I, that, yeah 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 we I, got I, into that i think jackson i think we did a little bit exactly. yeah he was the other guy we talked about because yeah well, yeah where i said that tom cruise to me was the biggest movie star and that yeah. was where yeah. i was trying to saying like i don't know what the syntax and like how we define movie star you know whatnot because like to me tom cruise is the biggest movie star but Harrison Ford might be the, the biggest actor, right? Overall, better, you know, more iconic characters. Because, yeah, Tom Cruise was a movie star, but does he have those well, lifelong characters? Uh, Han Solo, you know, Indy, obviously not. There's there's no question. Uh, Frank T.J. Mackey, sure, but he's not even like the main guy <laughs> in the movie, right? He's just a side character uh-huh. of a, a ensemble cast. Like, but yeah, no one you you think ethan hunt you think mission impossible and you think Tom cruise yeah which is why i kind of say he's a movie star because when you think of mission impossible and ethan hunt you think tom cruise right. i actually don't think not, ethan not, hunt at all i see i think well, tom yeah, Cruise. Yeah. First. <laughs> i mean they do yeah. they seem to say that character name that's what I, kind of what times i'm right yeah. Yeah. Like, and i hunt, agree with you james ethan yes. hunt, ethan. it's like someone's i think yeah. that character name just is said so many times you're like ethan hunt ethan hunt ethan is great um it's yeah but yeah my favorite Tom Cruise movie is is Jerry Maguire, and it's only because I mean, it's his name is the movie name. So it's not like <laughs> yeah. it's not like yeah. his character stands out as like you know an iconic character. It's just an iconic movie for me. And, well, and that's, whenever that's the thing too. people, oh. yeah, sorry, go ahead, James. No, you go ahead. I'll, oh, I'll I'm go saying you. when people talk about <laughs> Tom Cruise movies, what they talk about is show me the money. They don't go Jerry yeah. Maguire. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Uh, you know. Maverick. The only reason we're saying Maverick, people still call it Top Gun. Like, I very rarely hear people say, "Hey, did you see the new Top Gun movie?" I'm like, "Yes, I did." Nobody goes, "Hey, did you see that 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 new movie, Top Gun Maverick?" Yeah, oh, I'm like, yeah. "What's what's Maverick's real name?" Nobody can tell you. What's oh, his? What? Come on, man. He, oh, I know. We we can. But what's Tom Cruise character's name in like Born on the Fourth of July? What's his character's name in? Okay, well, that's yeah. <laughs> this is really just right. He's known for, yeah, you know, like his image and for risking his life for our entertainment. Whereas you see Harrison Ford and you immediately think, oh, there's Indiana Jones, there's Han Solo, there's Deckard, there's Richard yeah. Kimball. He's first and foremost, I think he is the biggest movie star. And Keanu's kind of in that same mold, in my humble opinion. You see oh, him yeah. and you go, hey, look, it's Ted. It's John Wick. It's Neo from the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. But right. it's and not that's what that same it, level it is, as Harrison yeah. Ford. You're it's right. Harrison so Ford weird. is huge. Like the, it's weird because it's so funny. Like, it, oh, sorry, almost Andy. it doesn't want to be. And you know, like, and I think you guys mentioned that he seemed like he's like, I don't even like this shit. I don't want to show up <laughs> yeah. for this stuff. <laughs> it seems I'd rather just stay home and do yeah. He's a and, movie star against his own yeah. will. Will, yes, he is a movie star, but he he doesn't even care that he is a movie star. 
Whereas which, Tom Cruise wants to be a movie oh, star. Right. He is, right. He made himself that. <laughs> and sorry, Chris, you were about to say something. Yeah. Like uh, this conversation, it reminds me of Fanboys. If anyone has ever seen that movie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's been a while, but I have seen it. And he goes, Harrison Ford is and the greatest actor of all time. And he goes, of all time. And right, and they start listing all these movies. Yeah. And he goes, he never misses. And then it pans back. And there's a poster due to six days and seven nights. <laughs> hey, that's a fun movie. That's a fun movie. And, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. I, hey, I, I was I, dude, right. But but like what I'm saying is, is like I posed this question. And then as we got into it, I'm like, oh my God, we're the fanboy scene. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we're the total oh. fanboy scene right now. The crazy thing about what we're the the three or four roles that like Chris was talking about his header with like Deckard, Indiana, and Hansel is is that Harrison Ford did that in four years yeah. between yeah. eighty and eighty four. He has these back to back. I mean, obviously Star Wars was earlier, but like in those four years, you have back to back films that kind of established his Mount Rushmore, if you will, in my, in my opinion. And then from 85 to 89, he's like, okay, I'm going to take a break from these and just like explore really interesting roles and, you know, media dramas. And he's doing like witness and frantic and wit, um, working, working girl. girl. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. So like just great movies on their own, but it's like, he's like, okay, you got me for your franchises. So now I'm going to take a break. And then he just comes back to these franchises. And I think part of it, like in the more recent uh, ones, obviously it's like at some point there's both like, he loves working with Spielberg, loves working with Lucas. And then also, like he said before, he's like, they paid me a lot of money. So, <laughs> yeah, he mentions that a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, I think they I think he said that in a question about um the the Marvel movie that he's gonna be in, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I, we keep we keep going, you know, like the the definition of movie star, like it, it you know, what what do you call a movie star? Blah, 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 you know, that's why it's so impossible to say. But uh, yeah, like you were saying Jerry Maguire it's tom cruise you know vanilla sky he's playing tom cruise right like these movies he's playing tom cruise and that's why you go see tom cruise because you want to see tom cruise because he's yep. really good at being tom cruise and right. i love him and now tom cruise. he has a reputation for doing like insane stunts which right. is becoming more of a, a thing yeah he's had different live. like periods of tom cruise-ness right and yeah. like, <laughs> he's changed right now he's action star you know, superhero. Yeah, because he went through. But he was going through there. But I mean, he's always. That's the thing about Harrison Ford, Tom Cruise, is that they're great movie stars who've been in big blockbusters, but they both also can act. Tom Cruise, I think, gets yeah. more heat. Like Tom Cruise has that stretch where he's in Magnolia and Eyes Wide Shut, and I feel like there's another one, uh, Vanilla Sky. I think he's really good. Yeah, like. There's this stretch where he's doing some really good, interesting acting, um, and like going kind of almost against his movie star persona in a weird way, mm -hmm. or using it in a weird yeah. way. Um, which I appreciate both of them. And the, maybe the Harrison Ford thing is like, because he's in two major franchises That's too. Right. It's like, it's, it's characters inside of massive franchises. Like they have marketing and merchandise and like, they've gone on for decades and Tom Cruise doesn't really have the, he has mission impossible, which you said he has that franchise, but um, his character doesn't have like an iconic look. Even he changes right. his haircut every week. It's like, it's, it's like, yeah. you know, and we were, we were talking I, about that too, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. Harrison Ford has yeah. action figures upon action figures of right. his likeness. <laughs> There's no mission impossible. As far as I know, maybe right. like, I think for the first one, they have action figures for mission impossible, but they, they haven't made like new yeah. ones, but the other, here's an interesting one. This is because Zoe Saldana is in three massive franchises in the past 20 years, mm -hmm. Star Trek, MCU. I mean, you should call it guardians, but and yeah, Avatar. Yeah. 
And it's like, mm-hmm. we call her a movie star. I think the problem is in the two of those movies, she's like buried under makeup and CGI. You know what I mean? It's like, we don't give her any credit. I mean, not we don't give her any credit, but it's just interesting that somebody like her has been in like these huge movies, a couple of the biggest movies well, of all time. But she's know. in like an ensemble cast, whereas we that's don't. the problem too, yeah. Yes, and that's kind yeah, of the she's problem. She's carrying the yeah. movie. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I will um, go back and answer mine real quick just so I can get that out of the way. <laughs> and this will be a hot take Ooh. is Harrison Ford. Immediately, I think of Indy of Indy. We yeah. talked about recasting. I, I, I don't care if they bring Alden in as Han in movies moving forward or series moving forward. I would actually prefer that. And same with Mark Hamill. I love the I love the guy, but you could bring in Sebastian Stan and he can be Luke. I don't care about that. And this is where I'm going to be a, a hypocrite. I don't want to <laughs> see Indiana Jones recast. When they said that Chris Pratt was going to be Indy, I went, don't want to see it. I, not, not that I don't like Chris Pratt. He's definitely not the best Chris uh, at all. The best Chris is with us here. I was um, going to say the same after thing. that, yeah. everybody Likewise. else. Um, yeah. But he's just one of those things where I'm yeah, like, dude. I don't want to see Indy recast. And I'm glad we're getting this. I'm glad they're touting this as the last adventure because it's like I think Disney even knows the amount of backlash from people like us, and not backlash. I should say the amount of people like us who would go, I don't want to see that. They don't want to miss out on all those dollars because we're the ones who are going to be driving that. Not the kids who are coming into this, whose, whose parents said Indy was cool when I was your age. Okay, sure. Pops, you know, go (laughs) kick rocks, dad. That's what my kids would say. They're like, sure. Indy's cool and blah, blah, blah. So I just don't see. So that's why to me, his most iconic role would be Indy. And almost, I would say even Deckard over Han Solo, even because I don't want to see Deckard recast. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's weird. For some reason, I don't mind Han Solo. Maybe it's because, like Chris said, when he's so adamant about going, I don't even care if I play the guy again. Um, <laughs> you know, and he's all, and he has softened as much as Harrison Ford likes to be grumpy in the last yeah. couple of years. He's really softened, and seeing him tearing up when talking about making this movie at like when he was at, uh, you know, Con or something, and he started crying and saying, "We've made a really, you know, what I feel is a great movie and very entertaining." Indy is where his heart lies in terms of franchises. And that's why it will always be Indy for me. Yeah. I mean, here's my question. I think I tie him more with Indiana Jones. I can't see that being recast. I think because the series is so focused on him. Star Wars has gone on for so long and it's such a widespread thing at this point that it feels uh, like, yeah, I'm okay with that recasting of basically any of the main, you know, characters that are kind of aged out or passed away. Um, But yeah, Indiana Jones, I'm like, just don't, just don't don't do it. Like let it when this one is done, just let it go. I'm sure I feel like someday they'll reboot it. Like I yeah. fear they will reboot Back to the Future at some point. Like they're gonna just everything comes back. It's gonna have to. Unless I know the whole Zemeckis scale thing is that they have to die first, but you know, uh, before they can remake it. But Ooh, what if they um, got Eric uh Eric Stoltz to be Doc in the recan the remake? <laughs> <laughs> like it came full circle. Oh. Um yeah, because they were like, let's do a remake with Tom Holland. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, no, like it's not no. Like, no. Chris Pratt and Tom Holland have been in every single movie, guys. They can. There's other people to be in the movie, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have that much against either one of them. I just it was no. like, they're in. It, it just they want to put them in everything. It's like the go-to casting for put those guys in there. It's like we got find things, think someone else. Anyway, so yeah, in the, Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. That's got to be just. It can't be anybody else. So, I was thinking um, that of the one element that we haven't talked about, which I know. 
amongst oh, talking with people on Twitter and like my friends and stuff can be a point like of contention. And, and, and I'm wondering if this is one of the issues that oh, James has with the movie in particular um, is oh, the portrayal of Marcus Brody in this one oh, compared to oh, oh, the first movie. I've heard I from, got you. I, I've heard from a I'm lot of my for you. <laughs> I've heard from a lot of my friends that that's where it lost them is the fact that he's played as a fucking moron in this one. But I think he's so funny and so well played that I kind of just I let it go, even though his character seems to be a complete a 180. Oh, from Raiders. But I mean, oh, there's that scene where fucking Indy's telling what's his face. And he goes, he speaks out half a dozen languages and oh, he knows people in every port. Oh, he's going to disappear. Like with any luck, like he has the grail, the grail already. 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 And because he goes, oh, does anyone know what's going on? And does anyone have speak, speak English? And he's got a feather yeah. on his face. Like he's got laughing. I'll answer your question. Every single time. But then it goes into the fact that he's kind of an idiot, you know, in this mm-hmm. one, like, oh, the pen is mightier than the sword. It's like total, it's totally goofy. <laughs> but I've heard that that is one of the like, oh, major, like, this is why it's not as good as Raiders is because of what they did to Marcus Brody. But then if you watch Raiders, he's really not in the movie all that much. Okay, like, so, I think, yeah. I think it's yeah, a, your, your mileage may vary thing, but like, for me, maybe it's because I came to the the films so young, and so I just I, I wasn't that cynical about it, and just kind of took Raiders in, and you know, didn't really like. I just kind of grew up with it the way it was, and so for me, watching it this time definitely didn't bother me as much. When when I tweeted out that that scene that that Chris was just describing with the whole like setup and him describing Marcus and everything, like. I got so many people, so many, it was like mute the tweet immediately. Like one of those, like, <laughs> you know, like drop the clip, you know, walk away, mute the, it was, yeah, a lot of that. So I totally understand for me, didn't bother me that much. Doesn't bother me that much. I appreciate Marcus's role in the first one, which I'll agree was kind of minimal. And I didn't really see him as being maybe the, the, the older version of indie that a lot of people really purport him as. And so this right. time around, it was like, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Okay. I agree. <laughs> he is fun. And uh, I also don't think he has that much to go on in the first one, right? So, you know, these people who are like acting like it's the end of the world that he's played for so many laughs and he's like a bumbling fool. I think that's maybe over go doing it, you know, like letting it bother you too much because I don't really have an issue with it either. He does it great. And I guess, I think I read somewhere that he was like a comedian too, like natural or like he he played comedic roles. And so like Spielberg was letting him do that as part of the reason he got to do that. But uh, I too also can agree that yes, it is way goofier than the few moments we see in Raiders. I think the only issue I have with how goofy he is in Crusade is that it's also way goofier than he is in the first half of crusade to where even in the scenes and like the, you know, when they're the gavel or the, you know, he's banging the book and they're searching and they get to Venice and whatnot. He, he still played pretty straight. And even their scene at the school in the very beginning, 
he's played pretty straight. Like, so he is still getting played pretty straight in crusade. And then all of a sudden there's like, boom. So it's, it's more the tonal shift in the same movie for me now that kind of throws me off a bit. But I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it. 100%. 100%. But it, it doesn't bother me enough to where I'm like, oh, this takes me out of the movie. It's just a little much. And I'm like, well, where did that come from? Because I had no hint of it in this movie. So I'm going to forget Raiders because I don't think that's mm-hmm. fair to count that. But it, since they're in the same movie and he's still kind of playing that serious in the yeah. first half, I can see that it being weird for people although i don't know how anyone could say oh it just takes me out of the whole movie because that's a little i feel like that's a stretching it a little because he does it well the only thing also before i'm done i was thinking it doesn't quite work but part of me was saying a lot of his goofiness is in his interactions with henry so like they have their own relationship oh, yeah, and yeah. henry's goofier when they're together, it's like yeah. they're reverting to like, oh, <laughs> remember how we were like back in the old days? So like they're getting they got their the- secret handshake that they're right. doing. <laughs> yeah. So like that works. Yeah, and the tank, dude, that was fucking great. Exactly. All the same <laughs> stuff. But he starts doing it early, too early. I think maybe if they had waited till then, and then they would both have been doing it, and that would have solved all the problems. Whatever. That's me rewriting history. But yeah, I, I think he's great and like I can understand, but don't understand why it's such an issue right you know yeah i didn't even think i honestly feel sad i didn't even really think about it it doesn't bother me uh now you saying anything about them getting together makes me kind of like it even more about they're like old it's like when me and my friends get together we act like idiots and like the wives and girlfriends are like you guys are so dumb it's like it's like we just say <laughs> yeah. stupid stuff together that we don't react even stupid around each other and uh i think they do that too and i, I mean just that cut is like one of my favorite things like when it does Harry Sports the whole thing about he'd be anywhere. He knows all these languages. And then it's like cut to hello, anyone know English? It's just it's so it's a perfect comedic it's, beat. It's so effective. And the one the the only other one that it reminds me of in terms of like Spielberg cuts is like the beginning of the Lost World, where the mom is like running oh God, along the yeah. beach to find the daughter. <laughs> the and then she screams and it cuts the gold bloom in the in the subway. I was like, Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um yeah, for me, I don't know. I mean. I, I even think like the part where Henry's on the beach and tries to like take down the plane with the, I think that's even more goofier than, than the whole like Marcus thing. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely see James point though, because that scene at the beginning where they're in Henry's house and Marcus is like, if it's, you know, if you, if you if it's facts you want from me or whatever, or truth, um, you know, you, I, I'm at my age willing to take a certain amount of things on faith that whole, the series of that, I, I guess that sets him up as a little bit more of an anchor for Indy. Mm-hmm. So I can see James point there too, though. Yeah. I, and hearing James, I never thought of it of that way of the tonal shift in the same movie. Like I, like I've always been in the mindset of looking at Raiders and then looking at this movie, but James, you're hundred percent right. dude. There is a tonal shift in the character in that cut where all of a sudden he goes just like, oh, and he's fuck total slapstick. And I hadn't thought of that before, dude. So thank you for that. Hey man, you're welcome. A lot, a lot <laughs> Every to, once uh, in a while, yeah. I'm not a moron. No, you're not. And now allow me to pick up that moron stick. Cause I have a different take on Marcus Brody in this okay. one as well. So yes, we start off a super serious Marcus who's in his element in his role at the you know university and stuff like that and then he's like let's like indy let's go help i'll help you get your dad and then as soon as he's separated from indy he is out of his element and that's when marcus goes totally bonkers and it's one of those things where i'm like i can i can see 
exactly where that tonal shifts talking about where James is in turn, bring it up. And also, but I'm also like, Oh, in my head, it's always been like, Oh, Marcus is just now out of his, his depths. And this is how he would normally act because people always assumed he was out treasure hunting and this and that, at least that's how people have said to me, I was like, Marcus says, no, Marcus doesn't go out on these things. He sends Indy out on these things. Yeah. He's not the guy that goes out on those. So to, so to me, it works fine. And like you guys mentioned, once he gets with Henry, they both become like schoolyard chums again with their little, you know, uh, talking <laughs> and their, their, their little jokes back and forth. And, you know, Marcus would agree with me. So clearly they have stuff. Now I have a question. Does Henry Jones Jr., or sorry, senior teach at the same college because Indy makes a comment earlier when he goes, he's the teacher that all the kids hope they don't get. And Marcus and him have all this history. They never explain it, but I'm like, which makes it even weirder that they would be, you know, father and son estranged if they teach at the same, at they both, they both teach at yeah. Marshall college. That'd be weird. So I took it as, as he was a professor. Oh yeah. There. And then he retired when, oh. Indy went uh, to be a professor there. Oh, that's what I took it as is that okay. like, and that's why like, um, you know, like he, you know, he even says like, and we barely spoke for 20 years. Yeah, sure. Yep. Which brings <laughs> that actually is maybe one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when they're on the Zeppelin and they're talking. Oh yeah. Because it's <laughs> sort of like the, the genius of uh, Tom Stoppard's his sort of um, uh, you know, his, he, he did a revision of the whole script and the way he did the dialogue in that there's so much economy in how he paints their, their relationship. There's the one line that stands out to me is when he says, um, remember the last time when you and I had a quiet drink, I had a milkshake yeah. and he could have gone on a big tangent about like, you, you know, when I was 12, you didn't talk to me or whatever. And given all this background emotional, all he had to say is that, and you know exactly what he means and the kind of child he had and how lonely that was. And that, and I mean, there's a million other things about that, that scene that I love, but it was just like that nailed it in that pinpointed exactly what I loved about the script. And yeah, that, that same, <clears throat> Oh, go ahead, James. No, you go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. All right. That, uh, <laughs> you know, seeing as how you're the host now, I will follow your lead. Before you go, Andy. Uh, so, uh, I agree. I like your idea too. That does help me deal with it a little more. I don't think that it necessarily constitutes the full, because in my mind, even though, yes, he is, you know, working at school and stuff, I still feel yeah. like I'm under the impression he does have a little bit of experience with that. He wouldn't be sure. so bumbling, but yes, I do like that as well. So I'll take it into consideration. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I'll allow I'll it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, piggybacking on what, Jackson said, that's my second favorite scene. I'm sure we'll talk about our favorite set pieces in a minute here or sometime. Uh, James, you can tell me when we're going to. Um, but <laughs> um, Jackson, that line of dialogue is great because it not only it hits uh, Henry Jones Sr. when he, he says it, but then he said, and then they go into the, you left just when you were getting interesting. And he goes, no, what you showed me was that you know, age old manuscripts mattered more than me. And I learned that so well that I went into the same field because it was one of, so there's a bunch of dialogue in there that sometimes gets overshadowed in the no ticket. Cause that's what everybody remembers from the <laughs> Zeppelin. Cause I was watching this yesterday, just at, we were at my, uh, my uh, parents for uh, 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 dinner and my kids were out fishing with my dad. I hate fishing. 
To those that love it, I'm glad that, I'm glad that you do. Fish for me. I hate it. So I, I was in there watching it and my uh, mom comes in and she's just like, oh, this is my most favorite part. And it's when he punches them and throws them out. Yeah. But I think. I mean, it was stolen always... from, dude, it was stolen by Kevin Smith and Dogma. Yeah, like, totally was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, but all but that's like the funny part. But then you really get in that same scene that really emotional beat, and then it and then it it gets cut short because he sees you know the water turning and he's like, oh no, we're turning around and heading back to Berlin. But it's one of those things where they they know exactly mm -hmm. how much to say and exactly what to say without it being a you know father son bicker fest back and forth. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. I assumed that in the prologue that Indy is already, you know, like full blown into archeology span or whatever, but he, I mean, he's still a young kid. And the sure. first thing he does when he gets the cross of Coronado is he yeah. takes it to his dad. And so dad, he's like, <laughs> I mean, he's like trying to get his approval or whatever, you know? And, and so you're thinking, in Greek. Yeah. It's in Greek. And so Anna, it's like, the, they're, uh... <laughs> they're, they're already saying so much about his, their relationship right there. And he says, what is it? let he who illuminated this illuminate me. Mm -hmm. And then in the very next scene or um, when he's back, when we're at Marshall college, the, one of the first things Indy says is archeology span is the search for fact, not truth. And yeah. so you have these two like statements that are very clearly like illustrating the, the father and sons, like their mentalities on things and what they're seeking and how maybe their relationship dr drove that. Yeah. Uh, question. Uh, so <laughs> for the set pieces, I'm going to phrase this a different way. I don't want to like I presume or lead the witnesses, they would say. Does anyone have a objection? A different. <laughs> is anyone's favorite set piece not the tank in the desert? <laughs> is that yes. Okay. Okay. Andy, go ahead. <laughs> okay. As much as I love the tank scene, and it's and this is like once again how we how we love all of these movies, and those one of them just raises a little bit higher than the others. I absolutely love when they're in the Nazi castle tied up and the room catches on fire. And <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I don't know just from the very start, as soon as he's like, you know, just you get the whole, like, like we said earlier, the great scene where she kisses him and then the other guy punches him and he's like, and this is how we say goodbye in Germany. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. um, but I, I love when he's just like, Oh, son. He's like, what? Floors on fire, and then he's like, "I'm <laughs> the chair, I'm the chair." <laughs> they, they keep moving over. Floors on fire, Junior. Yeah. <laughs> the whole dad. What? And they keep looking back and forth. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, looking back and forth. Me. And yeah. I love the fact that they literally leave a bunch of Nazis in there to get burnt to death because they're trapped <laughs> in the room. And uh, and then it, you follow. They get get their weight. You know, they make it out of there, and then they get to the upstairs and he's like i just find if you sit down the you know answer will present itself and then he's like Dad! <laughs> and he rolls down the and then you get a motorcycle chase and it's yeah. like one after the other so that's one big scene for for me and okay, it's my yeah, favorite yeah. just because of how back and forth it is i love when after he's speared the guy or not speared i'm sorry um like jousted Joust, jousting yeah and indy's all like just <laughs> laughing he looks over and his dad's just just scoffing at him he's just like Gets that little kid where he's like, well, dude, he's totally a little kid again. Yeah, he's just like, yeah. <clears throat> but I also love before that whole thing when he goes to get on the boat and he throws his bag and then he just grabs the bag and throws it back at his dad. And he's like, he's like, what? he's like, we're not getting on the boat. 
Yeah. <laughs> what about the boat? <laughs> he's like, Forget the boat, Dad. And it's just, <laughs> I love that scene. Okay. I can yeah, watch yeah. that. When you're thinking also, of all but, that as like one thing. I, I was kind of it's as long him. as the tank scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> also, before that, like, it has the awesome part, dude. Where Indy just mows down some Nazis, and he goes, and he goes, and don't call me Junior. And then you get that great <laughs> fucking moment out of Connery. Where he goes, Oh, look what you did. I can't believe what you, what you just did. He's like flabbergasted by the fact that his son has just murdered like a room full of Nazis. I can't believe what you just did. You so call this archaeology? <laughs> Connery does such a good job of being, uh, you know, sort of one-upping his son in a different way because he was like always the textbook intellectual. And so yeah. no matter what Indy had on him, his dad had already always done it better than him or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. but they're but he's in uh, indy's in the field and his dad's in the classroom or whatever whatever the case was but it's just it's so funny that they get to that point where connery said i think connery said he brought that to the character like he wanted it to be something where no matter what indy could do he had already done it or done it better and so and of course they bring it it brings in elsa and he's like it was rather wonderful and <laughs> just, everything is just comes back to that i love the dynamic between those and how you know the part where andy said that he was like looking over at him after he jousted the guy and he's just like shaking his head and he just he cannot uh, get his dad's approval and no matter what he does until he calls him indiana at the end mm-hmm. he, he hasn't he hasn't which, sealed that. which which also like Oh, how have we not talked about that part yet? Where like Saul is like, what is what is of oh, the junior? And he goes, he's junior. Henry Jones Jr. And goes, and he goes, I like Indiana. And he's just so fucking annoyed with his dad. And he goes, and we named the dog Indiana. And Saul just does you that. Named like, the dog. The dog. Yeah. <laughs> pretty great and, uh that, yep, i, I love good. they flip the shit out of that motorcycle in that chase scene like, oh, oh right? yeah good god every time i'm amazed by how they just like chuck that thing yeah. that's thick in there and it goes flying through the air uh that i mean yeah, yeah when you put it all together also the german woman in there was she had to have inspired frau and austin powers oh, right i was gonna say that i had that in my notes matt <laughs> she even looks like her yeah yeah, he looks like I her. love she that she would like scream her. alarm instead of just hitting the button. Just like, yeah. alarm! <laughs> I was like watching this time and never heard time before. I was like, that's just Frau from Austin Powers. They had to be that. Pretty much, yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> so anybody else have any set pieces? Or is it just the tank? Because I, I, I'm just saying, this time I watched a tank and I was like blown away, like every aspect of it. Like the score is great, the editing's amazing. They're cross cutting inside the tank, outside the tank, the stunt work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like amazing. the sound it's, design. Yeah, it's all yeah. practical. You know, people fighting on this moving tank, tank shot on location, incredible stunts. Uh, when Chris brought up the the stunt earlier, I was thinking like, yes, I had been reading about that this week. About Vic Armstrong was uh, Indy's. Um, he was Indy's stunt stunt double, and this was I, I apparently his, one of his last stunts that he did on film. Mm-hmm. And it's just insane. Just that jump from the the horse onto the uh, the tank was insane. I just like this was the thing that I was saying when I said earlier things that I liked better that had were kind of recreating an element of Raiders was the tank scene. Was I just felt like it did everything that the uh, that the the truck scene did in in Raiders, but just did it a slightly slightly better. And there's all these elements to it because it's like once it gets onto the tank and then you know 
blowing up the cannon and there's just like all these different elements to it and then the tank going over the cliff yeah i, I loved it and and other thing i was gonna ask do you guys notice that like every kind of vehicle or transportation there's a action scene built around in this movie there's like a a car motorcycle a boat a plane a train <laughs> a tank like they just covered the gamut yeah the train all oh, the <clears throat> the plane scene might be number three easily i love that scene <laughs> so i'm they got us. <laughs> I love it. Another great comedic moment. Like just yep. sells it so good. He turns around. He's just quiet. Like yeah. they got us suddenly. <laughs> and then Connery's like, those people are trying to kill us. And he's like, it's like, it happens to me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, the thing that yeah. stands out the most with the tank is the, the tank scene is just the sound design. Like I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, throughout that whole thing, whenever the tank turns, it's just, it's screeching metal. It sounds like, it almost sounds like part of the score from uh, Temple of uh, Doom when he's, you know, at the end when he's going to save the uh, kids. There's like, while the music's going, it sounds like there's screeching metal and things like that just rubbing against each other, like that just creating horrific sounds. And the tank, every time it turns, sounds like that. Every time something gets like, I mean, who else other than George Lucas and Steven Spielberg are going to impale a Jeep onto a tank <laughs> and then blow it off? Cause the guy's just like, and it shows again, the Nazis don't care. And this is, I meant to say earlier, maybe it's a good thing. We don't have memorable characters. I don't know if I, if I want Nazis being characters that I remember from movies yeah. and I'd rather them just yeah. quickly die horrible deaths. <laughs> so maybe that's why yeah. it's great. I mean, yeah. but the, the one thing that was kind of like borderline, I don't know. I won't call it cringe, but like just didn't I this time around didn't work as well for me was oh. the whole like Adolf Hitler thing where he's like oh signs the book, signs and the gives book. It. Yeah. that felt a little bit 1941 to me um in the midst of the <laughs> yeah. moment. But I mean it does didn't it didn't ruin it for me. It was just one of those things that yeah. Well that, that brings up another question. Would you have taken out Hitler? I mean, I don't think it it changes. I don't think it really like changes the movie a lot if you take out. No, no, no. I meant if you were indie. Oh, I thought you were were talking about like removing the machine guns from ET. Right. No, I mean like if you were Indiana Jones and you met Hitler face to face, would you not have just taken him out? I mean, he is. I found the dial of destiny. Traveled back to when he was a baby and took him out then, so I wouldn't risk getting killed by all these Nazis afterwards. Yeah, I don't count him by Nazis. I know. So was I. In the tank scene, though, do we get that great moment inside the tank where fucking what's his face? Dude, just fucking slapping Henry. Vi. Yeah. Vi. You know, like slapping or whatever, dude. He grabs it and he goes, "Oh, the Nazis, a Nazi stooges like yourself should be reading books instead of burning and burning them." Yeah, Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. It's it's funny, Jackson, though, that you say 1941 for that because I think that that it is a little goofy, but also so is that uh, the end of the airplane scene. Where he's coming through the tunnel. That's, right. That's oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just goes, yeah. yeah. Which like that, was, which was pretty practical silly. again. They pulled that guy past him on the, but yeah, I yeah. like, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's pushing it. But I, again, it's so that fun. Is pushing I, it. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's awesome. It's all part of the ride. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. They are pushing it a little bit. It's like, it's like almost trying to be too cute. Like, like, let's have Indy meet Hitler face to face and get him to, like, let's push it into this. I, you know, and then the whole plane. I mean, I it's I'm fine with it. Nothing is like thing yeah. where I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Look at a terrible beat, you yeah. know. Um, but it's just funny. It's like they're trying to 
push it and I, I guess maybe they thought it was gonna be the last one so it's like let's really yeah you know let's go all out i, I mean I, I do talking about an, uh well y'all, y'all were talking y'all talking about all these scenes too it's making me realize also how like you know we've talked about them overcorrecting from temple doom in terms of in terms of tone but also in terms of pace like there's stuff going on all the time in last crusade yeah. non-stop like y'all even just talking about that like that's whole movies in and of itself all these scenes right we're talking about and remember temple doom kind of has these chunks of lull with little set pieces but these are like huge set pieces after huge set pieces after yeah and even the smaller ones are still even feel more action-packed like in the house or in the castle you know like with the turning stuff there's not like a lot of crazy action going on but it's right it's a lot of moving parts still which is yeah. kind of like the bug scene you know in temple of doom but to a, a higher level like oh, yeah, this movie's relentless it's relentless yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah i love temple of doom but i definitely think that that was a reactionary decision to to temple of doom was like we got to keep this going like we can't we can't have any like lulls or whatever like and and temple of doom yeah i i didn't know until i was like a grown-up that i wasn't supposed to love temple of doom so i was like <laughs> since the, when the internet awesome. told me or whatever but yeah, yeah. So, so for me, uh, yeah, Chris is right. It's relentless. It's like one thing after another. And I loved, um, I love this, the, the tank set piece. That was like, I, I came into this conversation ready to say that. So yeah. Tank set piece is great too. Uh, also we, we keep, you know, I've brought, talked about how, like, you know, who's going to try to remake Raiders. Well, let's leave it to Spielberg himself, obviously to do the best version of Raiders himself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Last Crusade. <laughs> right. So like, that's who's gonna remake Raiders the best. <laughs> right. I, speaking of Spielberg, I feel like we we've mentioned it a few times, but I I feel like this does feel. It's funny because I like Raiders more, but it almost feels like he's showing off almost even more in this one. Like he's gotten better as director because he has like more experience than his belt. Yeah, he's flexing <laughs> more. I thought he was flexing on Raiders. He might be flexing more on this one. I'm watching it like Way he's more. really flexing. I was also going to say kind of a small, small tangent, but I'm really excited for his bullet version that he's doing because I'm excited oh, to see, watch him do like some yeah. pure action again. Because I feel mm-hmm. like when was the last time he did a like a I mean, imagine it'll be like a straightforward action movie. I don't know what he's, you know, but uh, I'm excited to see him do that because he's so good with set pieces. I hope it's Tintin. I mean, that was probably the last. And that wasn't, you know, live action. Right, right. I'm just hoping it's still action, mostly but... practical. Knowing him, I'm hoping mm-hmm. it will be. And uh, mm-hmm. he's going to fuck some one, cars but... up. He's going to fuck some cars up. Like yeah. Unscathed. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, mean, I assume you're yeah. talking like regular human beings that aren't, there's no CG. Well, I say no, you, you know, not Ready Player One, not Tintin. Yeah. I mean, I'm is talking it about like doing Crystal like, Skulls, yeah. like the last. And there's Action still some movie? of that in that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, like actual cars being driven by actual yeah. people. In, you know, I want to see uh, John Wick style car stuff under Steven right. Spielberg's eye for bullet. Like, you know, and not like crazy car stuff, but like practical car stuff that's shot in frame that has elements of CGI to help fix little things here or there or fix, you know, like a, a stunt driver or somebody who has to help out in certain areas. Right, Stuff right. like that is all yeah. I care about. But I just, I don't see Spielberg not doing that. I don't see him going like, we're going to go totally CGI cars. I just don't see it happening. I think he's going to go, it, this, this, this movie could set a record for smashing the most cars. Who knows? Like <laughs> it's one of those things. I, I hope so. Cause I, I feel like when I was watching this again, I was like, man, like, 
it's it's just we we say it all the time but like the you know sort of they don't make them like they used to mentality yeah. just like came through and i was trying to think of when was the last time that i really like felt like an action sequence like this like where it's like cars and motion all of that and everything that i could like feel and see was like in camera and the thing that i came up with was fury road and that was yeah. like the last movie that i felt like really like did it proper at least on a on a mainstream like blockbuster level yeah. John Wick four for me, but yes, Fury well, Fury true. Road before yeah. that yes. as well. Oh but yeah, yeah. You're thinking of more like vehicle, and there was some. You're thinking more just yeah. stuff in John Wick four. Yeah, more yeah, just like the straightforward, but yeah, John Wick vehicle 4, mayhem. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. And so, I want and yeah, and obviously there are different styles of like it, yep. John Wick four is a more hand to hand, you know, up front, you know, close like that kind of action obviously mm -hmm. more so than set piece action, other than true. a few moments, right? Obviously, but the fire yeah. shotgun. <laughs> right right i mean yeah but yeah there's not like all these set pieces that involve huge like geography john wick on top usually. of a tank and like uh yeah you know right. like which would be great i want to like, right. maybe five who knows maybe, yeah. maybe five uh <laughs> if they're gonna do it anyway um i hate i i feel like we don't stop right now but i want to start kind of guiding us toward wrapping up so yep. um who had okay anybody have something they really want to say we're not mentioned yet and notes um, that you really want to bring up i really want i wanted to talk about douglas slocum if we could i know you guys touched on that a little bit in one of the oh, past right. episodes cinematographer yes yeah like as the as a dp for this like i know i know the conversation sometimes especially with um kingdom of the crystal skull and it might obviously inevitably come up with dial of destiny as well is sort of like the how they feel different or the things that like differ and going back and doing like a complete rewatch one of the most apparent things to me was how vital Slocum's cinematography was to the whole feel of the series and I feel like in the same way that like Williams and Lucas and Spielberg are like essential uh ingredients to the Indiana Jones DNA overall I just felt I was thinking about that today and just like man he just got the look and I cannot believe that a guy who was like at the very end of his career. I mean, I think he was like in his late seventies or something or, or early eighties when they did this and just nailed these shots. And he was like, not, not using a light meter and he was going blind and all this stuff. Unbelievable. And it, and it just has such a unique look. Even when you look at other films that Spielberg did at the time, I feel like Indiana Jones has like its own look that's a little bit different. I don't know if you guys had that same sort of read on Slocum. Yeah, I think I think we talked about it last time a little bit. I can't remember exactly what we said. And uh, these first three definitely look different. I mean, there's a huge gap between this and Crystal Skull anyway. But and he's not working. He retires in this movie, Slocum. He gets out on yeah. Crystal on uh, Last Crusade. He's like, you know what? I'm done, which that's a good one to go out on because, uh, yeah, yeah, they all they all do look amazing. Huge credit to him. It was crazy. I was reading he didn't use a light meter because uh, like it seems like they all do that. Um, and he lived to be 103. We talked about, too. He lived for a very long time after he retired. So um, but yeah, good one to go out on. And he's very crucial to how they just look so good. It's like, again, we harp on this all the time about like, oh, they don't make them like they used to. But it's like, I mean, Indiana Jones is like it looks great for the time it was made anyway. You know, it's like it looks so good when it's happening it's not like a oh we're looking backwards saying it looks better it looked great then it looks great now um and they don't even make them like they used to in the same franchise right because like <laughs> yeah. oh, next week we'll talk about it but like oh, like there are obviously uh, like a lot of issues oh, with crystal skull but i think oh, that one of the main issues is of oh, the look of the movie mm -hmm. is it has a 
it has a sheen to it that feels out of place when looking at oh, the first three movies is uh, is yes it's harrison ford and there's all the big set pieces and i don't mind the cg i really don't in scenes i do but overall i think what is the most uh, distracting is it has a shine to it where it, mm-hmm. it, it almost mm-hmm. has it, it feels fake in certain scenes like in the opening when he's taken out of the car i will talk about this next week you know so i don't want to I was spiraled down a rabbit hole, but (laughs) it feels very artificial. Have you watched it in 4K yet, Chris? Yeah. And it's okay, because I thought there was a difference. To me, watching it looked very much more in line with the that sheen wasn't as noticeable for me. It's not as noticeable, but I but I but I remember at the time in the theater going like a last crusade has has a tangible feel to it like it feels real like oh, you can feel of oh, the grittiness of the desert scenes mm-hmm. you yes. know what i mean yeah. and like in the later movies and even in the trailer of dial of destiny it doesn't have that feel a hundred percent and that's just based off the trailer so i don't want to be like oh it doesn't look like in any movie because i haven't fucking <laughs> seen the movie yet because there are scenes in the trailer of of Dial of Destiny, oh, that remind me of scenes that for me it worked in Crystal Skull, such as when he's on that of oh, the pivot of oh, the disc thing. Oh, that yeah. reminded me of Last Crusade and Temple of Doom. Hmm. And if that makes sense, my whole little kind of rant right there. It does, I think, because yeah. they were, yeah, we'll talk more about it next week. But when they were going for that 1950s look, I really think they were going ultra stylized and tried to make the movie feel like a 1950s movie with that sheen and everything where everything looks kind of fake. And you're right. That is one area that when I did leave it and saw it the first time and my friends were with me and they were like, well, that, that sucked. And I was just, you know, as a you know <laughs> younger guy, you don't want to get into fights with your friends. I was just like, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah fucking yeah. terrible. Yeah. Fuck sucks. Yeah, yeah, Fuck sucks. Yeah. Really, really, really <laughs> not great. Huh guys. And I walked out of there and then, you know, and they were all like, well, Gorham's Gorham's going to like it. So it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and I was like, well, I'd rather go through life like that than you miserable sacks. So, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have a story I, for next week's episode. No. I know you do. Yeah. No. But it's, re- yeah. So, but I'd rather always be half film. full. I'd rather always be glass half full when it comes exactly. to enjoying things. Um, yep. The thing that I think that I took for granted um, growing up was just like, like Chris is saying, like the, the look of it be feeling like tactile versus like looking yeah. more artificial, the, you know, the whole scene at the end with like the Canyon, the Crescent moon and them shooting like in Jordan at Petra in this like yeah. ancient, like site is like, I mean, you can't even like, recreate that to that level today i mean it just would not look the same and all i could think of was when they're like riding their horses through the canyon and they're getting up to the front of it it's just like this is incredible this is just like all feels so real and it and it's just like on a different level um than movies today and in even like like chris said like within the same franchise it just feels yeah. different and that's not to you know dismerge crystal skull like i'm there's lots of things i enjoy about it i have a, like a complicated relationship with that movie and i'm <laughs> looking forward to you guys probably echoing some of those sentiments but it's it's just what i i felt watching this movie as we kind of get to the 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 end at the um when they're when they're getting the grail and then it was just felt so tangible and i loved loved it yeah there's there's nothing in the later movie 
that comes cl- like when he throws the sand on the bridge that's mm-hmm. you know invisible i look like how I, have we not talked to about this that day shot. i still to this day feel like i can reach out yeah. and pick up one of those pebbles of sand like one of those yeah. it, it looks yeah. so that just in that and we also take for granted a lot of movies look like that back in the day they were yeah. so good like they yeah. just there's something about film and I don't want to be one of those weirdos. That's like digital versus film. Ah, and it don't care. And I'm not going to go back to the whole star Wars thing when they were like, we're on a real desert and we're doing this. Like, I love that stuff, but also you, there's other ways of doing things, but there's just something about these movies. And this one in particular, that just has that look, has that feel like, I think every time he goes to step, I hold my breath. It's 30 years mm-hmm. later. And I still sure. go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I, and there, that's and the what camera this movie spins has and there's that musical oh. cue, and you're just like, damn, yeah. Spielberg, Williams, everybody involved, man, they made a fucking damn good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, you I guys love, know what you're doing. <laughs> I love that in that scene that the booby traps in this film they're they're not just booby traps like they've been in the past films. He's actively having to draw upon his childhood how he was raised and sort of this maybe faith that he either forgot or was never really as in touch with as his dad and having to recall all that stuff that may have been like some kind of trauma for him in a way. And he's, he's like, okay, what was it? A penitent, penitent man, penitent man. And just every, every step of the way. I loved it. Yeah. That that was just like stuff. I've always questioned that one part of it though, because he says kneel and he kneels, but then he does the forward tuck and roll. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the thing <laughs> cheats like, on it. It's like he kneels, yeah. but then it's like, haha, another one. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You didn't say anything about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that was, that's just one of those indie moments that he's ducked. He's missed the first one. So he's like, oh, there it is. And it's like a quick dive over it. But <laughs> I also love that scene, how it's juxtaposed to Indy reading and his dad. Remember, because earlier he goes, I brought the diary so we didn't have to memorize it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah. but Henry's still going, he's like, a penitent man. Will pen-. And then he's like, a penitent man kneels before God. Like stuff that wasn't written in there yeah. that mm-hmm. you can clearly tell that there's, you know, like Indy's read about it, whereas Henry believes it. And then yeah. that same thing later when he's like, but, you know, but Jehovah starts with an eye. And he's like, yeah. he's like, <laughs> like, and so there's those back and forth scenes where you're just like, oh, and Again, you're right. Indy's doing that not at that point, not for the the Grail itself. It's to save his dad, who they've yeah. they finally bonded. Right when that when that uh, um, tank goes over, mm-hmm. and they're all looking at it. And oh my God, does do, do they know how to just play it perfectly with? They're all like sad, and he just walks up and looks over and just does that <laughs> little where he just goes. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I thought, I thought I lost your boy. And then they have that moment where they hug and they're like, let's go get this thing. And then you're like, ah, yeah. oh, they're on the way to recover, you know, like of mending all that crap that's been going on for years. And and it's just it's perfectly juxtaposed during that scene and then later, which we'll get to in one moment, I'm sure. But uh yeah, so that's a wonderful scene and that's an excellent bit of you know, just plus who doesn't love seeing a head roll? a hundred yards down the way after he gets cut off. Cause you're like, Oh yeah. crap. I forgot. These <laughs> movies can be violent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Although, it's a Nazi. So great. Oh wait. That, down that Temple of Doom, but uh, guy. yeah, uh, <laughs> but still, I mean, Oh, I gotta, I'm going to forget to mention this moment, a little moment when he shoots through like three Nazis at once with like, a Luger, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh, and he's remember the like, first oh. one he shot the guy. And then the yeah. second one, he couldn't shoot him. And this one, three guys. <laughs> <laughs> right and he's even like, Whoa, did I just do that? 
<laughs> he like looks down at the Luger. It's like perfect. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like, crap. what the hell? Uh, it's a hell of a gun. Uh, yeah. I, I also was thinking like, man, how bored was that poor knight who was been in that tomb for <laughs> how many hundreds of 400 years? Yeah. Or something? Somebody's yeah. going to come here someday. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he doesn't have anything to do. There's no books. How many times did he rearrange all of the grails? Like, yeah. like, well, I'm going to rearrange the grails again. Okay. Yeah, I, I hope someone invents a TV at some point. Uh, <laughs> gotta, gotta shine up this grail again. Make sure that it, it's confusing. Yeah. Like, make somebody sure somebody takes the ones with I'm all bored. the rubies on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys hear, do you guys read about the, who was originally supposed to play the night? I've heard this before. I don't remember. Is Lawrence Olivier? Okay. Or they, yep, or yep. they, they wanted to, I'm not sure exactly how far they got into it, whether he was actually cast or just like Spielberg wanted him or what. But then he was just, he was too sick and he was like towards the end of his life. But I just thought that was, would have been really interesting. But it got, the guy is awesome. Like, I, I love the way guy. he's like lit differently yes, than everyone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. And then the choose wisely thing. I always think of choose wisely in this movie is um, the Indiana Jones adventure ride at Disneyland because <laughs> I actually, actually got to go on the ride on opening day in 1995. Cause I had a, oh, a, oh, wow. a, a season pass to Disneyland. Then it was like the one or two years that I actually had a season pass and went to, went to, to Disneyland opening day, uh, waited for four hours in the, the queue. And they had all these signs around in the line for AT&T, which was the sponsor at the time. And there, I guess their slogan at the time was choose wisely. Uh, oh. Cause they were just becoming like <laughs> a cell phone provider. Oh, and so uh-huh. they just like tied it in. It was just, uh, it was, it was perfect. So yeah, that made me think of uh, the Indiana Jones ride choose but choose wisely <laughs> i mean i just went on the indiana jones ride um last year on my honeymoon yeah oh, was so that jealous. your first time <laughs> no 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 okay no. okay i've gone every single time i go to disneyland it's always one of the rides that i go to there was one time i couldn't go because it had broken down like oh. completely yeah but yeah i, I mean like yeah, for for me it's my always wife like... isn't like hardcore in it into into indiana jones but like the ride she loves and so like i'm dragging her out of dial of destiny yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me it's always like indiana jones adventure star tours gotta get a dole whip and then i'm i'm good we can go on any of the rides <laughs> the kids want so i don't even okay where are we at now i lost my train i'm like what do we do now oh um, the night the yeah, the the yeah, yeah. This is why James should be the host. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, sorry. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I right. said that. Not James. <laughs> You're giving him credit for. <laughs> right. no, 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 I'm saying because I went blank and like I was. This James is how I host. slowly take over co-hosting oh, duties from now. James. Andy's gonna take over from. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I was dealing yeah. with some dogs and stuff. James, so. go get in Matt's Matt's corner. Matt, you can come Ooh, back out now. Yeah. No, I mean I, I don't know. Like Matt said, is. We this was supposed to be our last thought, so I don't know if anyone has anything else. <laughs> I'm just yeah, great. Notes. <laughs> I, notes. I guess the only thing I would say is this time I was thinking that man, I really I feel like I'm saying this. I really wish this had been the end of the trilogy because it's such a beautiful like bookend because it ends Raiders hearts them going through all these traps to get an I you know uh a. A, a idol or something you know gets to get something this time it ends with him going through traps at the end of this movie to get something and he has to learn to let it go like his he has to choose to let it go and then they ride off in the sunset like this is a perfect ending <laughs> like this is like it's come full circle we've started kind of back at the beginning and he's like learned this lesson was it bonded with his dad again and was like you gotta let some stuff go sometimes and i was just like man this is i 
I didn't think about the symmetry of like Raider starts with him navigating tracks to get something. This one ends with him navigating tracks to get something. And then also just kind of having to just, you know, you gotta, <laughs> this time it's, he got to take it from a Raiders. This time it's his choice to, you know, yeah. pull back and not, and not take it. I'm, I'm not positive, but I think that, I think that then in this movie, the first and last things that adult Indy says to his dad are yes, sir. Like when he says like he hit, he's like junior and he hits him and he says, yes, sir. And then, and then <laughs> at the end they're about to ride off. And then he says, after you junior. And he says, yes, sir. And I just thought, thought that was like a really cool, like, you know, bookend within a bookend. Um, yeah. The, the whole thing, the whole thing about the illumination, this was like something that I really noticed this time around when I was watching it was that in the, the prologue, Henry is saying, reciting that thing of like, let this uh, what's uh, what's illuminates this illuminate me and mm-hmm. then at the end i felt like the illumination was he he prayed for something that he thought was you know related to the grail but then my opinion is that the illumination that he received was the relationship with his son was more important than the thing he had quested for his whole life mm-hmm. and that totally. and that just really really hit me hard this time so i, I love that yeah, I yeah, I love that when he goes like, you know, when Indy asks him like, you know, what'd you find, Dad? Like it's 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 a very genuine like, I you know like what'd you find? Like hey, we're now buds again, and he's like illumination, and it's like yeah, you're right. It's totally the fact that they're like I mean, and it it, it wouldn't have resonated at all if that scene of Indy's like I can reach it, Dad, and he finally just mm-hmm. goes Junior, he goes Indiana, he's like let it go. Oh, like he's yeah. he's he's learned like even like both care it shows growth on mm-hmm. both characters parts because he's like this thing i've been chasing at is not as important as you falling to your your death like elsa did um yeah. so it's when, just from when, that point on it's wonderful and also one minor thing how sweaty are those hands when they reach up and grab each other like it's the wettest hands i've ever seen on two human beings and i, I can't not see it but i'm like i don't care it's such a great scene and then he pulls them up and then they run and i love the night they both wave to the night and oh, it's yeah. almost like henry you know henry senior gets that moment of i've searched for you my whole life and now i've found, yeah. you know and now i get to see you but he was like but my son found you and it's one of those where he almost it's the one time that indy like you were saying um, earlier Jackson that his dad's always like kind of one up in in one way and mm-hmm. at this point the dad's like finally like nope you did it son and he's like and that's when he's like you lead the way junior but I love Henry Andy follow me I know the way yeah. and he just oh, yeah. <laughs> starts falling off <laughs> yeah uh. lost in his own museum once huh he's like, yep. <laughs> so, yeah it's just yeah. it's a perfect ending to a movie and the way I look at it this is a perfect conclusion Mm-hmm. Anything after is for me is just icing on that trilogy cake. Yeah. I, I yeah. was going to say, well, obviously, you know, most of us, except for Jackson, will be discussing more. So, you know, next, next time about Crystal Skull and whatnot. And we'll have wrapping up thoughts, I guess, right, Matt. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree, Andy. I mean, that's it. The ending of this and Jackson, too, is, is great. You know, like, you know, them kind of like, coming together they go through the 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 trap the trials basically kind of together and that's you know like it takes both of them so yeah they're both getting to this conclusion but it takes both of them working together you know and you get that cross-cutting between you know henry senior saying all the stuff and Mm -hmm. junior saying it all while he's doing it you know like 
but if it, they weren't there together, it wouldn't be happening the way it was happening. Right. And, um, right. My favorite moment <laughs> in this scene is also close to when Andy was talking about, you know, Jehovah starts with an H. Favorite line reading in the whole movie is when Indy says, Jay. <laughs> See, I couldn't even do it. I tried to do it. I, I was going to try to do it. But, and then he steps out, you know, and that, like the, just the way he's at Jay, like so nonchalantly, confidently, like, oh, yeah, well, Jay, you know, I, I can't it, like, yeah, that's, that's the best. Cause then it's just like, I don't know. The, 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 to me, that's just is perfect. <laughs> Yeah, and know. the other part of that, I love when he steps in. He's like, "Oh, oh, because oh, he almost misses the oh." oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, you did all that, and I was like, "It's just yeah. really, it's just that day before that." <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, no, that scene's wonderful. Yeah. Everybody yeah. just brought their a game, like Chris said earlier. You can tell Harrison Ford has a blast when he plays Indy and Sean Connery. I like I, you know, towards the end of his Bond run, he was not into it just because mm-hmm. of all that stuff. And then, but this era of Connery was just like, I'm like, you know, he's you know. Highlander a couple of years prior to this, he's having an absolute blast being a, you know, Scottish Egyptian. And then he's come <laughs> Spaniard. To speak a Spaniard. Spaniard. He's a lot of, yeah. Yeah. yes. And a Spaniard. But <laughs> then in this, he's just like, he's like, I want to just have some fun, man. I've been yeah. the, the serious bond. I've been this. I want to just have a blast doing a Spielberg movie. It's yeah. also crazy that he has like a whole nother decade after this. Like he's playing like the older yeah. father figure and then he comes back and he's got like Hunt for October and Rising uh, Sun and The Rock and Entrapment, like a whole decade of, uh, of and it, even he has like the action role, you know, with The, the yeah. Rock that was like, holds up. It's awesome. I, I yeah, I, I thought he was incredible in this, so. Yeah. Uh, Chris, any final thoughts? Uh, I'm glad that I was on for this one. Um, <laughs> we'll see. I know that there, I know that there were kind of like I will save Chris for Crystal Skull, <laughs> um, but uh, um, but yeah, um, I'm really glad I was able to make it because, as I said, like I know Raiders is a superior movie. I will never say otherwise. But A Last Crusade was the one I saw in the theater as a kid, and I have such strong memories and and feelings oh, towards this movie that there's just something about it where like every single time i watch it, i just feel like i'm a fucking kid again every single time yeah i can understand that that stuff you see in as a, in a theater as a kid very young can leave a real impression it's like you, so, it, yeah. it's like i just went to the um the anniversary screening of return of the jedi and i oh, felt yeah. like i was and i felt like i was fucking three years old you know what i mean and that's the same level of magic when i watched this movie or the last crusade is so i'm just like man like this is just something special yep. very nice um, i'm glad that uh, i got to talk to all these last crusade lovers because y'all are really doing a good job of you know, <laughs> i know i'm over here like turning me around it, a little bit favorite? on it is not it that like I, yeah, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> yeah, like y'all like having it as there. your favorite is like man it was sick for matt you know but like <laughs> it, it is great i mean it, it's yeah but great. matt can't be trusted dude because he only gave jaws four and a half stars we weren't going to get through this episode without. yeah we weren't going to get through this this episode without bringing up jaws yeah we sorry man that's kind of yeah. almost did no i saw i almost screenshot and sent you guys somebody on twitter saying they talked to somebody like a film professor who was like my film professor said jaws sucked and i was like see 
Other people say worse things than I do. <laughs> I've never seen James look more offended ever. <laughs> like the look on James's face is like, you can't say that. I mean, you also can't just... call yourself a film scholar and say that, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying oh. 4.5 ain't looking so bad, right? I didn't say it sucks. I'm just saying <laughs> it's not quite there for me. I um, love it. Any grade that somebody would give their left arm for to graduate with, and man, they were all right. like, you did you rated that movie a little too low, my friend. Like, <laughs> I mean, listen, it's no last action hero. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> celebrating. It's no kindergarten guy. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, James is going to murder me someday. <laughs> and no, then take, no, over, no, and then no, take over the podcast. <laughs> I love last action hero, man. Okay, I decided yeah. the Jaws thing. Um, no, um, no, no, no. Not listening. <laughs> Not listening to the Jaws thing. Yeah, I'll I'll just be worried when James Handel changes to that film feast guy. <laughs> Jesus. And then my Twitter suddenly mysteriously disappears. Matt hasn't tweeted in a while. Oh, wait, wait, why is Matt tweeting about about Tony Scott all the time now? Like <laughs> James is taking over every aspect. <laughs> this weird picture to tweet off Matt's account of like someone tied up in a basement. I look. Like... <laughs> the very very first tweet is. I would like to recant my previous statement. Jaws is a five-star movie. Five <laughs> James got to Matt. I'm going to have to oh, take boy. these recordings of Matt's voice, you know. Yeah, you can just AI <laughs> this now. You have oh, gosh, over don't, 100 oh, no. episodes. You Uh-oh. can take voice Who even needs a co-host? <laughs> you can just take all this, uh, all this hours and hours of podcasting and take a little voice snippets from me and then just probably make all new episodes, all kinds oh, of I know. things. Yeah. Respeacher, man, it's a, it's <laughs> it's <Terrifying>. a thing. <laughs> Scary. Um, oh boy. All right. Well, this was this was fun. We had fun here. So, <laughs> oh, hey, hey, yeah. I do want to say one thing because I think uh, Lexi would appreciate. Oh, okay. If we, uh, jo- <laughs> Joanna Johnston, this was like I think her first. Well, she did work as an assistant on Temple of Doom, but this was her first costume designer role for Spielberg, oh. and oh. Uh, she worked with him a lot throughout his career oh um, man indy's so. uh indy's tweed tweed suit when he shows up in venice is really really sharp yeah nice yeah mean, and one of the all things the I, great costumes on but this one too yeah james oh, yeah. one of the things i read about johnston is that i guess she like scoured europe for authentic nazi uniforms for the mm-hmm. the book burning scene so they had so many that were actually like legit yeah it's pretty oh, crazy wow. yeah that is crazy yeah. I, I just think it's thing to hunt for, honestly. Yeah, like, I, 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 yeah where are you uniforms? finding all these Nazi uniforms? <laughs> Why are you looking for all these Nazi uniforms? Is more appropriate. She was on a list. She was on a list. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's just one of the things, you know, like it, it's just someone else he brought into, you know, we were also talking about this last time too, Matt. Like Spielberg is wonderful with like finding people he works with and keeping them like mm-hmm. oh, yeah. as part of his family, you know, like. Mm-hmm. And this was one, another one. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I, uh, I think we did a good job talking about this and we covered it pretty thoroughly. Um, I had a great time. So uh, I will let everybody plug oh. whatever they want to plug. Oh, James. I yes. like to do this. I like to do this to you, Matt. It's very, and I always like cut you <laughs> off and be like, no, wait, one more thing. Uh, we, <laughs> we didn't, uh, uh, the box office. Um, 1989. Oh. Just real quick, Indiana Jones: Last Crusade worldwide number one above Batman. Oh, Ooh, did y'all know that? I, I, I thought <laughs> yes, I Batman was. I thought Batman just killed everything. Like I knew I this was too. good because I, so I saw this. No, game, a domestic original uh, trilogy. 
Oh, Batman, I think was larger oh, domestically, if I'm not mistaken, because it was more of like like an over here hit. Uh-huh. But Indiana Jones was global, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Indiana Jones started getting global. That was another thing I remember reading was like how the first couple were, you know, huge hits here. And then they got bigger worldwide as the years went on. As our, Yeah, the box getting... office on Last Crusade seems like it was way bigger overall than the first two, like $100 million more, I think. $474 million on a $48 million budget. That's wow. Bonkers. Man. Holy crap. The top... <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking at the top ten for you know, '89. You got Batman, Indy, uh, number three, Lethal, uh, Lethal Weapon two, four, Rain Man, five, Honey I Shrunk the Kids, six, Look Who's Talking, seven, Ghostbusters two, eight, Dead Poet Society, nine, Parenthood, oh, wow. ten, Back to the Future two. The fact that Back to the Future two is number ten. Yeah, come on. Did it come out really late in the year. Is that why? It did. It did. Okay. It came out um, in November, if I'm not mistaken, right? Okay, that seemed low. Yeah, it was like. Okay, that makes sense. This came out later. That's well, a great variety, though. Also, again. Jeffrey yes, Bone gets to share two of these top ten movies at that wild. Oh, he he, you know, did Lethal Weapon two and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was a scriptwriter for both those. Man, what a Jeez, what a, what a, that's a good what a year. year for movie. <laughs> it's like, man, uh, we keep on. My brother was born. We keep on that saying that. We keep on saying that, but apparently every year we talk about movies was a good year for movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some. It's I can think there's of some. I can think of years that aren't as strong, mostly because they're surrounded by better years. Like '83 right. came up recently, because it's but it's bookend between '82 and '84, which are amazing. '98 between '97 and '99 is like kind of a down year, uh, yeah. but you know, it's not like you know, good, there's still good stuff. There's always good stuff. Oh wait, <laughs> we've been joined I by do- a six guest. <laughs> I was gonna say the most I important do, guest. I, yes. I do feel like uh, I do feel like eighty nine <laughs> kind of. Oh, I do feel like she like it inaugurated like a modern blockbuster era though. Like I feel like it was yeah, like oh, leading yeah. into like a different era because like at the end and this was I always I was thinking about this th- this time around was like at the very end I was like man because then right after this you start having Cameron working on the Abyss and T two and then you know. Jurassic Park is not far far behind, and this has just sort of felt like the the end of the analog blockbuster in a way. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like the Abyss was number eighteen in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, what a yeah. You're you're right. What a banner year that kind of created the summer, like or perfected the summer blockbuster. Maybe yeah, with I Batman mean, and Indie. I mean, I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, marketing i think took yeah. it, <laughs> became different after 89 honestly I very like much it, so yeah um, the summer of sequels yeah <laughs> that's some good i mean i would that's a lot of blockbusters like a like a big but that's a good batch of blockbusters that year it's it like, is um but with some dead poet society being number eight is crazy can you imagine yeah, in 2023 dead poet society being in the top 10 of the year like no like that? parenthood like, even <laughs> like i oh know, yeah parenthood, I like parenthood like, but it's not one i think of often yeah, it's that's wild um that's well, like wild that's to me like is uh, star trek 5 isn't in the top 10 right right like, i mean i, I know, know that they were looking what wait critically low 21 movie, but you would think it still would have made a lot of money at the time so star trek 5 and indiana jones and the last crusade two movies about finding god were the same year yeah <laughs> oh. right <laughs> yeah star trek 5 is what took indiana jones top spot Oh, when it first when it for first released. one weekend for <laughs> <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 came out. Uh, wow, man. And then Batman. Oh. So yeah. Good God. What one after the other. Yeah. <laughs> like 
I like Star oh, Trek man. Five a little bit. I'm just gonna say it. I like oh, Star Trek. Right. I love Star Trek. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's freaking weird. It's really yeah. Weird. But why does God need a starship? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he doesn't. You were uh, Spoiler alert! He doesn't. Like, I, want, I want a starship. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, Matt. The one thing yeah. I couldn't I couldn't forget when we were watching the last scene is um, the scene in the Fablemans when John Ford's talking to him about the horizon. Oh yeah, and where where it is in that last shot, I was like, eh, eh, he was uh, paying attention. There, yep. Look, <laughs> <laughs> like I pay so much more attention to that now after the Fablemans of where the yeah. horizon's at. Like, uh, the, there was a clip of the Flash just came out today, and everyone's ripping on it because the horizon's like dead center the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's like, oh, it's like you gotta, you gotta, you know, do that, not do that. But uh, anyway, I won't rip on that movie because I haven't seen it yet. But I was just saying nope. that. Uh, um. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I will let everybody plug stuff. Uh, um, I'll start with you, Jackson. People could follow you. Anything you're going to be on anytime soon? Um, well, I'm first, I'm just just on Twitter talking about movies at Jackson Boren. Um, I just did an episode of Hit Factory podcast on uh, Twister oh, a couple yeah. weeks ago. So Ooh. that's out. If people want to check that out, that was a really fun one to do. Just um, listen to it then, today. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Good yeah. Stuff, <laughs> cool cool thanks and i and i uh i am gonna do an episode of film shake later in the month on last action hero of, oh, of all things yeah. so nice. i know i know there'll be at least so i can crash it uh, no, I'm there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, yeah, yeah i saw i saw you did that twister episode like last week or whatever and i finally got around to listening to it today yeah a lot, it good. A lot of fun thank you i always i always feel like kindred with james because i feel like like sometime last year i started doing like podcast appearances around the same time that you did the yeah. the tony scott one on here was this your first podcast yeah it was yeah it was yeah. that yeah 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 that was the one yeah i was like oh yeah it's like we we started together so yeah i i, I begged this man to come off of the tony scott series i felt like i was like james <laughs> please you you're the tony scott guy you have to be on here. yeah <laughs> and now i'm his co-host man he's like I know, it. soon to because... be host uh, yeah. i'll be <laughs> I will become him. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Matt chose poorly. <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh boy. Um, oh my god, Matt's somehow turning old really fast in front of our eyes. <laughs> Hair growing out, face just falling apart. Um making uh, weird noises. Like, <laughs> um boy, okay, Andy, well, where people follow you and anything you have coming up you want to talk about. Oh, sure. No, uh, nothing major coming up that I'm aware of other than later this month, uh, there might be a certain Star Wars podcast that's starting to record. So uh, look out for that. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter and um, Instagram, being super positive and not causing any problems whatsoever at Andrew <laughs> M. Gorham. Uh, but yeah, if you want to follow, if you want just positivity because the world's full of enough negative crap just look at look at our little corner of uh twitter because we try to keep it positive so and if you come for andy we will dogpile you just warning <laughs> him almost more than anybody else i feel like uh andy and i would say maybe even like Lindsay. i feel like people would come out of the woodwork to like you know oh. destroy the, mm-hmm. the people yeah. that troll <laughs> i would love anybody, for somebody to troll like, Lindsay because it would yeah. be a, that would be gloves off for andy like i thought that guy was nice <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any any of this gang, I feel like it'd be fair. Any yeah, any of you guys, them. but you guys, I don't have to worry about. You guys are good enough to take take people down yourselves. All of us <laughs> are really. Know, We're just too nice. Know. <laughs> I haven't found myself I, I in that position yet. Ignore. That's all I do. I know. I know. Yeah. We're. I mostly am like just ignore, or I just 
to block and move on. Like, <laughs> I want to say, I don't even have that. I, I'm going to jinx myself, but I really have been lucky with not having anybody really be a, a dick to me about anything. Yeah. Even when stuff's kind of gone like a little bit, I say viral, we say viral, but like if stuff's kind of blown up a little bit, it's usually not anything directed toward me or something. So just gonna <laughs> just hope that continues because uh, I've seen it for other people and it looks uh, not fun when someone's like, "You're fucking idiot for liking this movie." You'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, like, like well, "Sorry, guess, all right, sure, yeah, okay, like, okay." Um, anyway, uh, so uh, Chris, uh, what do you want to plug? Or people can follow you and all that. Uh, I'm on. Oh, that old Twitter and Instagram at Gingerdome eighty one. I haven't been oh, tweeting as much, um, which is probably uh, smart <laughs> because I've been a little snarky lately. I'm still like I'm, I, I'm still in the process of quitting smoking. It's been a while, but I had to switch to the patch, you know, so I had to adjust to that. And to be totally honest, the first couple of days I wanted to punch someone directly in the f- throat. Um, so I just wasn't tweeting. Um, but as Andy said, we are in the early, uh, not even the early stages. We're like, we're like, all we got to do is have the day all squared away and me, him and, and my friend Mark are going to sit down and record a handful of episodes of the relaunch of Imperial scum. Um, and then I have to learn how to edit. So it could be hopefully August. Oh, the show is going to be out there okay. you know, for everyone to listen to and judge. Um, so please be kind. If not, yep. um, I will find you because I, I, I do have a certain set of skills. So, <laughs> And I'm giant, so I can just walk and find you as well if I need to. Yeah. <laughs> seven foot two. We're just going to keep explaining your height. This is like a wrestling. 190 pounds. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, like Matt, I had a blast. Oh, thanks again. You like for the last minute invite, dude, man, this was awesome. So, oh yeah. I'm glad you can make it. It felt weird. We were like the rest of us. We got to get Chris on this. So um, yeah. I'm glad. You I always love it. coming on the show. Cause this is my fourth time. I think fourth. I was like, okay, Tron, John Wick, this one. What am I forgetting? Or did we do another one before this? I'm thinking of something else. Either way. I love doing the show. The show's a blast. (laughs) I appreciate it. Um, Glad you could be here again. So, uh, James, last but not least. As you all know, I'm the co-host of Film Feast, <laughs> soon to be only host. <laughs> you hear a gun uh, cock in the background. <laughs> so, as as for now, my uh, only Twitter account is at TJ underscore Mackie, M-A-C-K-E-Y 432. But as you know, and we just said, that may be two Twitter accounts soon. Yeah. But I'll let Matt talk that. about that one in a minute. That Film Feast account starts tweeting out a lot of Spielberg and Tony Scott stuff. You guys know something, something's going down. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's funny, though. Like, I, y'all talk about the, the, you know, how to respond to, like, negative comments. Like, I, too, never really had to deal with them for the longest time until I stopped tweeting as much about Tony Scott and started tweeting about other random things, or specifically sure. Spielberg, really. And then I got a handful. But I still haven't really received as many as I see other people. So yeah, I still yeah, yeah. count myself lucky. And most of the time they're kind of like what Jackson was saying. They're like, they aren't, they're mad about something. That's not even what I said. They're mad about something they're assuming. Or oh, right. Right. Sure. I didn't, you know, said wrong. <laughs> they are assuming something I said that I wasn't saying. So it's yeah. And, and when you, and when you tweet something about like, 
you know, a populist thing like a Spielberg movie or, or some popular thing that you're going to, if you get a bunch of followers from, I always have to like throw out another tweet that's like a reflection of one of my wacky opinions. Like yeah. Captain Ron is one of my favorite Kurt Russell movies or something. <laughs> so like, no, you know what I do? No, you know what I do? Weed them out. Just weed them out. Just let them know. You know what I, I do is, is I've gotten that a lot lately too. And I'll follow it up with the look, uh, I'm liberal as fuck yeah. and i'll throw it up with like a super Say hardcore dude like like i'm left-leaning liberal my yeah. follower count drops by like 30 people within a day i'm like <laughs> oh he's got to weed him out that's all it is that's uh, not a bad yeah. idea you know that's yeah. not a, i i never do anything like that because i don't ever i try not to do anything real on twitter yeah. you know like yeah me too right I'm right like, yeah maybe i mean that's a good plan to start doing that to get yeah. rid of you know the riffraff because like all i talk about are movies on twitter but the that yeah. was why that's why i put um the only living Waterworld fan in my bio because i felt like that was like a good barometer for like if people like Waterworld, we'll probably get along yeah, you got to and, and, and so far it's now, really, yeah. <laughs> like Liam, he was taking your water world uh, thunder this week. No. He's doing the good work. I was talking to Liam. I was saying, you do, you know, I'm right there beside you. <laughs> yeah, but he's Fighting, also talking about last night being arm. the best. Yeah. I don't, I, <laughs> we have to, we, our relationship with Liam can fluctuate, right? On any given day. <laughs> yeah. It just depends on what he's in the mood for. And <laughs> so. Oh, he got. I just a lot love of giving that man shit. That's all. Yeah, he got Transformers <laughs> and Waterworld going this week on Twitter, and uh, I don't know how he did it, but it really started rolling. It started working for him. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, good on him. Somebody, so somebody has to like the last night. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even know oh. about that. Oh. Well, that's a whole. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, only connection there is Spielberg produced him. That's the only thing that we get to connect to. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, right. by the time I get to the point, I'm like, why? Why do I even plug my stuff? But um, you can no plug yourself, Matt, because you're an awesome pod. You're an awesome host. You're you have an awesome podcast, and you're a great Twitter follow. So plug yourself. I have please. an awesome podcast for now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to write like a letter, like in the event of my untimely death, like just... mail it to all of us, and we, we have yeah. to open it. And it's <laughs> a photo of James. Like this guy, <laughs> he did it. It's gonna be like the wood box and knives out too. Oh right. yeah. <laughs> shows up. I'd have to be the one that goes to like Chris and be like, "How did you, you know, Chris and Jackson? How did you guys open it? Because I can't figure this out." <laughs> Master of the hammer. <laughs> I'm um, a moron. Remember? Okay. Y'all are just giving me more ideas here. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. But yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Maplet87. I don't say much controversial there. Uh. And, and uh. Follow the podcast Film Feast Pod uh, on Twitter. Follow me and the podcast on Instagram Film Feast All One Word. Uh, we'll be back next week, Chris, Crystal Skull, which will be a very interesting conversation. Uh, I can't yeah. wait, and uh, we'll see how it goes. And, and uh, I'm excited. So thank you guys for being here, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>